Ladies and gentlemen, chocolate. For this is Afraid the Alien Productions podcast. <laughs> Bring me more chocolate, or I'll melt you in acid. <laughs> now, cue the music. I don't know what we're yelling about. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Morning conversation anyway. Hello. 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 I'm a Kendall Richardson. I'm a Fulia Kantarmaja. And I am here with a bookshelf behind me, and only two people can see. Because this <laughs> is an audio medium, Mark Alistair. <laughs> and you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yes, you are. You're experiencing it, you beautiful people. Yes, yes. Through the ear holes. Through your ear holes. <laughs> your beautiful, lovely ear holes on your beautiful heads. Yes, all the holes in your head. <laughs> all the resident chambers in your head just vibrating through the tones of our voices. Yes. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. And speaking of voices... As you can hear, Fulia's back. Hey. <laughs> I apologize for my absence. Oh, don't be. <laughs> don't you have don't. stuff to do. Exactly. I had all of the things, all of the hockey things. <laughs> all of the hockey things. Kicking ass on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we're very happy to have you back, though. Welcome. Yay. I'm happy to be back, too. Yeah. I kind of miss being here. <laughs> Yes, no, no, that's that's fair. Well, we've definitely missed you, but you know, you've you've made your presence felt regardless, and yeah, we hope you enjoyed <laughs> editing the episodes. <laughs> they they were interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Good. doing a record of knowing someone's going to listen to it afterwards is always entertaining. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, it's very true. All right, let's get into it. It's been a, a few weeks fuller since you've been on, but you have been yeah. up, you have been updating us with what you've been watching. But uh, I have been. What uh, what else have you been watching? Anything new this week? This week has been a week of watchings. Let me tell you, <laughs> 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 had a few things to watch. Um, starting off with um, Walker started up again, season two. Uh, watched the first few episodes of that. Um, it's available on Stan here in Australia, so I'm very happy for that. <laughs> um, so I got to watch that. Um, I also got to watch a new docu-series, uh, Welcome to Earth with Will Smith. Mm. Yeah. And I watched the first two episodes of that show, and it's just mind-blowing, the science that comes through from from any of those type of Nat Geo-type shows. Oh, yeah. Um, just wow it's really worth the watch it's on disney plus at the moment mm. yeah definitely go check that out um few movies i will mention that i watched uh this past week um two of them being 
well, I'm going to say, I'm going to say they're, they're Christmas related, but I don't believe they're all Christmas related. Um, <laughs> one of them being um, a Netflix rom-com, Love Hard. I watched that one. Uh-huh. Was that which any was, good? Um, it was, it was, you know, the, the modernized cliche of they're going to fall in love by the end. <laughs> hmm. Sure. <laughs> it was all about online dating and stuff. So. Yeah, but it was interesting. Like, but and it was also, you know, kind of funny and cute by the end of it. So, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, another one I will say is a uh, a Netflix uh, movie that just recently been released. I believe this week. Back to the Outback, <laughs> oh. which is the animated movie yeah. about Australian reptiles including one marsupial (laughs) yeah and um let's just say they made these what's supposed to be the most dangerous creatures in australia very cute and cuddly yeah (laughs) sounds very australian very australian (laughs) um also making you know the koala like their most cutest thing ever (laughs) No. And that was voice. That koala was voiced by Tim Minchin. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> um, Keith Urban was also a voice, and he played a cane toad, <laughs> a singing cane toad. A singing cane toad. Uh, Isla Fisher was um, the snake, so the main character. Uh, Maddie, I think her name is. And then we had a few others that I'm blanking on at the moment but my gosh like they had some uh, some really good Aussie names Eric Banner was in it as well and he he voices Chaz who's the um the zookeeper the hunter kind of like the crocodile hunter um that Steve Irwin used to be but it's a different character altogether um so that was interesting (laughs) a bit of a twist at the end that you weren't expecting as well Mm -hmm. and not not a twist that I was really liking. So I'm like, I don't like that twist. Like, make it, make it go away. <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh. Controversial. Um, but uh, can I... And, and I, I want to preface this. I really dislike spiders. I really do. Oh, I'm, yeah. Me too. I'm with you. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, the spider in this particular movie, like the main character spider, he's very furry <laughs> and purple. Yeah, how dare they? And funny. <laughs> how dare they? It's supposed to be a funnel web spider. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and of course, this movie is based in which city? Sydney? Yep. Yeah. Well, funnel web spiders, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Sid- the Sydney funnel web. Yeah. 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 Okay. Hmm. So that was interesting. Although there was one scene in that movie where I was like, nope, nope, don't want to see that. Because it was a scene in the sewers and there was a lot of spiders. Yeah. And they were redbacks. Sorry, not redbacks, black widows. Uh. I mean, they were made to be females. <laughs> yeah. With like sexy legs. But um, <laughs> with with a sexy voice. Sexy legs. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, it was like this whole sewer was covered in in those spiders. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Can I also say I watched it with my American friends? <laughs> oh, you watched it on stream? 
I watched it on Discord. Uh, and okay, and okay, now okay. they're now what? they're all like, now we know not to come to Australia. <laughs> wow, a movie about fluffy, cute-looking things that can kill you was still like, nah, not coming. Yeah, exactly. Wow, <laughs> terrible. But at least it had actual Australian accents. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank goodness. Played by and actual Australians. And Not Keith, the fake and, ones. And Keith Urban, who is actually and Keith a Kiwi. But yeah. He's, he's, we adopt him, you know, yeah. like, like we do with all the Kiwis. Mm. Well, it's kind of um, good that he played a cane toad then. Because <laughs> they're introduced too. Yes, very true. And they oh fuck gosh. up the ecosystem. Yeah, <laughs> bloody Chaz Wazers. <laughs> um, and the last film I will mention, and I think this is going to blow off your socks, uh, especially you, Kendall. You probably got to blow your mind when I say what movie this is. Yeah. Oh, drum roll. I watch you die hard. Hey! Yeah! For the first time in my life. And the last time in your life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, no, not and the last time, no. The one and only time I'll ever watch it. <laughs> well, bearing in mind, you did watch the um, the good one. That is the. Be- I don't think I'm going to be watching any of the others. That is the best of the franchise. Is a big look, look, look. Is it? Okay, I have questions. So, <laughs> did, you, did you watch it because it's December, it's Christmas, it's Die Hard, and people are like, you know, Die Hard is awesome. Check it out. Is that why? I watched it because uh, my American friends were streaming it in their Discord. And oh. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> okay. And now you're never going to watch it again because of how violent and, and, and uh, vulgar it was? <laughs> nah. Sort of. He wasn't really that great, to be honest, in my opinion. And I, <sighs> I stand by the people who say that it is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> No, no. It just just because Maybe. it's set in Chris no. at, a, at a Christmas time does not make it a Christmas movie. It is action packed. That is it. <laughs> I don't know if I can go on. Um. <laughs> and Hans Gruber is not German. <laughs> no. <laughs> but but he has a machine gun for Leah. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Like, come on. <laughs> now I know how a, a, a TV dinner feels like. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's my week. So my weekly watchings. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what have you been watching? How can I compete with that? Um, I know. <laughs> well, I. Yeah, we have seen. Uh, me and the wife have seen Die Hard. Because, you know, it is Christmas and it is that time of year because it is a Christmas film. Nope. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hans Gruber is German. Um, <laughs> my ca- my counter-argument. Yeah. Good. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, uh, me and the wife actually started watching. We didn't quite finish it because uh, people were coming to the house to say hello to the new baby. But we watched Elf. Um, she watched Elf for the first time, and technically it was my first time too. The Will Ferrell, um, uh, Mr. Elf. And 
I can see why it's sort of a cult classic. It's very, it's very entertaining and very, very tongue in cheek, and I, and I actually quite like it. And good um, uh, Christmas movie vibes as well, like all to do with family and and uh, and and coming together with fam- family, which I quite like. So yeah, um, it gives a big tick from me. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't really wa- haven't really watched much uh, this week. Uh, I've been actually basically been busy setting up uh, my my studio slash office space, so I haven't really been doing much. But what I have seen, uh, my wife recently discovered Binge. So nice. Been, been watching. I'm gonna stu- hopefully rediscover that. Yeah. I've uh, been watching Binge a lot because she wanted to watch the new series of uh, uh, Sex in the City. Ah, yes. And now I've been watching Binge. Great. <laughs> <Again. laughs> yeah, yeah uh, catching up um, on um, what we do in the shadows. I haven't seen the new series yet. I'm sort of reintroducing myself or what's been going on. So, so that's been a bit of fun as well. Uh, good Christmas, Christmas show as well. Vampires. <laughs> It's always good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's basically it, uh, besides the uh, stuff that we're about to talk about later on. So, Kendall, what are we? What are you going to be talking about uh, later on in the show? <laughs> good segue. Good, good-ish segue. Um, I have, yeah, I have lots of things to say about the, the things that we'll be talking about later in the show. Oh, we should uh, make it a segment. We should. Good thing we did. So ah. that's that's worked out nicely. I mean, thank God we have a segment. If we didn't, I mean, the podcast would be lost, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be a podcast that doesn't uh, behave itself. Yeah, funny that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tag. Tag. I have been to the cinemas twice this week and I uh, saw a French film called Titan, um, which... Uh, has been sweeping the festival circuit and uh, getting a lot of recognition. And uh, I was very curious to see what this movie is about because it's just, it's as weird as it sounds or even weirder than it sounds. Like, I didn't even really know what it was about going in. I All I knew is that the main character, she's she was in an accident when she was a child and so she had a titanium plate fitted into her skull. Um, and for some reason that has... Uh, affected her mentally, like, to her detriment and to the detriment of other people. Um, so there's some really fucked up shit in this movie. Um, something for Folia. Yeah, no, this is definitely a Folia film. I mean, if you like Die Hard, I mean, this is right up your alley. Well, you know, it's just even deeper down the hole. Yeah. Um, it's an Easter film. Yeah, it's an, yeah, yeah, it's an Easter film, but it's out at Christmas because, you know, I mean... Jesus, I guess. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So, yeah, no. It's look, it's it's good, but it, I would not recommend it for everyone just because it's it's so far left of center and so bizarre. Um, but it's it's fascinating and well made at the same time. So I'm I'm glad to have seen it. I don't do not have any second thoughts about having watched it. Um, but yeah, it, it was very, very interesting. Very interesting movie. Um, another film I saw at the cinema this week was The French Dispatch, which is the new Wes Anderson film. 
which was wonderful. Uh, I'm starting to become a fan of his because I, I, for some reason, I just never had seen any of his movies until like last year or earlier this year when I saw the Grand Budapest Hotel for the first time and absolutely adored it. Um, so yeah, so I've been looking forward to French Dispatch for a while now and, uh, yeah, it was, it was lovely. It was a great, great story about, you know, these different, very different kind of stories being told and just the way, you know, all done in this like very quirky Wes Anderson way. And, you know, the cast is fantastic because you got Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Tilda Swinton, Elizabeth Moss, uh, Francis McDormand, um, uh, Jeffrey Wright was in it as well. Uh, so yeah, great, a great cast. And I, yeah, I highly recommend people go check that out. Uh, what else outside of the cinema? So I, I finally have gotten back into my X-Files watch. So I, um, because uh, I'd finished season five last week and uh, uh, after season five ended, that's when the film came out in 1998. So they did, a, yeah, they did a movie, a theatrical movie uh, in 1998. So I was like, all right, got to do this right. So I watched that and it was very, very good. I really liked it. Um, and then I started season six today. So that is, yeah, going great. Loving it. It's just uh Awesome. Uh, and then the other thing I'll mention before I uh, wrap up um, is I have started and already almost finished a Spider-Man rewatch. So I, in the last few days, I've managed to power through the Raimi trilogy. So all the Tobey Maguire films. And I have watched uh, Amazing Spider-Man the first which I did last night. Um, and you're talking about spiders for you before. I completely forgot because I've only seen that like once, I think, before. And this was my second viewing. And I forgot that literally the scene where Peter encounters like the spider that's going to, you know, make him Spider-Man. He goes into a room filled with spiders and then something happens that makes all the spiders start to like fall down onto him and he's just covered in these spiders. And I was oh, like, no, I was no, 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 thank you. No, thank you. No, 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 no. I was like, literally it was one spider in the first franchise. Why are we doing, why have we just decided, let's have a hundred of them all on top of him. Like, why not? Burn it with fire. But literally kill it with fire. Um, so that wasn't great, but <laughs> but um, but no, I um, I have a new appreciation for the uh, the OG trilogy with Tobey Maguire now. I really like those films. I will even go as far as to say uh, that uh, number three, Spider Man three, you know the one that everyone rags on constantly. Uh, it's not as bad as I remembered it to be. But I will say the only reason it is kind of bad and infamous is literally because of Toby Maguire doing the fucking emo dance with the suit and the fucking bullshit like that. If they took they took that out of the movie, <laughs> it would be a lot better. Um, but they, yeah, it's definitely not as good as the first two. So they should have taken out the Venom subplot that the studio wanted to put in and Sam Raimi didn't want to put in, it would have been a better f film? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, controversial, but yeah, you're right. I think if the studio didn't interfere with the creators and their work, then maybe we'd get the the film we deserve. But, you know, I mean, that's kind of unheard of, isn't it, in this culture? We don't mm-hmm. that doesn't happen very often, does it? What, the studio interfering with a with a with an artist's vision? Never. Never. Ugh. So frustrating. Um Anyway, but I'm I'm yeah getting ready for No Way Home, which is coming out this week, obviously. So I'm gonna, I've, I'm just gonna watch Amazing Spider-Man two. I'm not gonna bother. I'm probably not gonna have time actually. Really, I'm not gonna have time to watch Homecoming or Far From Home. But I've seen them both more recently and multiple times, so I really don't need to. I just hadn't seen the other films in so long. So, um, yeah, that is that is it. My weekly watchings. Lots lots to talk about. Lots to discuss. Um, and now, speaking of things to discuss, let's dive in to the nerdy news. This is the news and nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom, the hostess with most S, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Alrighty, it's nerdy news time, and uh, we have to start off the news uh, uh, a little sad um, this week because um, this, as time of recording, this is kind of breaking news for us because this only was announced like maybe two hours ago, um, if that. But um, legendary author Anne Rice has passed away at the age of eighty. Um, her son Christopher posted uh, on her social media um, to let everyone know that um, she she passed away last night um, uh, from complications due to a stroke, uh, which is you know very sudden and upsetting. Uh, and um, yeah, just I I'm kind of processing this a little bit because she's like. I don't. I mean, she's one of my favorite authors, if not one, if not my actual favorite author, like one of my biggest influences in my writing, um, and just in my interests, like in in the genre of the supernatural, of horror, of gothic, anything. I have Anne Rice to thank for that. My love for the the mythical creature that is the vampire. I have Anne Rice to thank for that. Um, so she's had an incredible influence on my life personally, and I know she has obviously influenced millions of lives across the world. Um, and I'm so excited, you know, and it's so sad now that she's not going to live to actually see this beautiful television adaptation of her Vampire Chronicles novels that's coming out next year. It's in production at the moment, finally. Um, and was recently announced too. AMC is actually adapting the lives of the Mayfair witches, which is another series she did. Um, so very sad that she won't see those come to fruition. But um, but yeah, of course, most people know her for her novel Interview with the Vampire, which was uh, adapted into a successful film in the '90s, starring Tom Cruise as Lestat uh, and Brad Pitt as as Louis. Um, just a, a beautiful gothic vampire movie um and a great just kind of I don't know great story about life and immortality and and grief and uh you know trauma um and just yeah beautifully written she wrote the screenplay for the film as well um but yeah yeah so I'm I'm going to miss her quite a bit myself um yeah because again she's 
one of my biggest influences. So uh, thank you, Anne Rice, for all your incredible work over the decades. You will definitely not, um, not you know, not be forgotten. That's for sure. Um, we'll miss you. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I'm getting a little emotional. So, Mike, um, <laughs> um, do <laughs> you have? Me. Yeah, save me. Um, do you have any any thoughts on 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 Anne Rice at her passing? Um, yeah, uh, uh, my wife actually was a big big fan of hers as well, um, uh, and she she probably has been um, reading her books for a while. So, so yeah, this is more to do with her, her than me because. Um, I do, I do appreciate like genre writers, and also considering if it, if it's not if it's not for like these sorts of books that TV, TV and television and movies don't get made really. Yeah. Because it's it's always a book first, <laughs> usually. And, yeah. And so if there's no if there's no um, imagination, then then there's a lot of stagnation. And yeah, and it is unfortunate that. That uh, she won't be um, seeing the fruits of her loins being ad- ad- adapted into a different, a different, um, a different uh, franchise. In it, as very sad, and but her work will live on through other people such as yourself, Kendall, and and other works as well. And yeah, I know she didn't invent vampires. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can say you can say oh, Bram Stoker, but you know it's but Bram Stoker took took it from uh, um, history as well. So yeah, who begat who? But it, it's great that you know you you build on the legacy and you build build on the mythos as well. I mean, I mean modern modern um, modern takes on genre um, fantasy and and uh, and mythology usually usually does build on the your previous works so and hopefully and and it's great to see like a lot of people like it's like uh uh putting out their hearts and and thoughts and prayers for for Anne rice as well and and i may not have read a single line of your books but i do appreciate your your um your art and de- dedication so here's to you Anne. oh well said mike well said yeah uh oh she will be missed she'll be missed and uh i am now going to do a massive re-read of everything she's ever written so um, <laughs> I'll, I'll see you in 10 years um <laughs> uh, okay let's move on to some happier news now um uh, because we've got some really cool marvel news to discuss this week um starting with uh, some comments Kevin Feige made during the week regarding Charlie Cox and whether or not we'd be seeing him again um, as Daredevil. So um, he actually was quoted this week as saying, if you were to see Daredevil in upcoming things, Charlie Cox, yes, would be the actor playing Daredevil. Where we see that, how we see that, when we see that remains to be seen. Maybe this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe on Thursday. I'm gonna stroke my chin there for everyone listening. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, look, the, art- the, the the all the articles attached to this bit of news were very clickbaity. They're like Charlie Cox is in the MCU. Charlie Cox is gonna be dead. Like, it's not what he said at all. Like, he's saying that 
if, if they, you know, they want to keep him around, they want to use him, they haven't figured out how yet. Or he's just saying that because we are literally, you know, a few days away from actually seeing Matt Murdock, uh, you know, Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock in Spider-Man No Way Home. Potentially. Potentially. It's the rumour. So it could be a little cheeky uh, foreshadowing that Mr. Feige is laying down for us. Um, regardless, I am very excited about this news, if it comes to pass or not, because um, Charlie, Charlie Cox is a fantastic actor, and he he's the eponymous Matt Murdock for me. He is Daredevil. Like, he was so good in the Netflix show. So, so good. Um, yeah, so I really hope they find a way to bring him back in, um, in, in some form. It would be very cool. Um, Fulia, how did you take this, this little bit of news? What are your thoughts? Look, to be honest, I actually haven't seen Daredevil. I've only ever seen like maybe the pilot episode and maybe the second episode after that. Uh, I haven't actually seen the whole series. So if it does come to fruition that he does pop up, I may need to go back and watch it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, me too. I actually, full disclosure, I never finished it. Um, I didn't see the last season. I've seen the first two, but I didn't see season three. Yeah, we're all not alone on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at this point, like, it'd be really cool to see um, a TV adapted, uh, you know, character to be brought into the MCU with the same actor. That'd be pretty Very cool. cool. Yeah. Mike, what are your thoughts? Hmm. I mean, yeah. Uh, I suppose. Uh, Charlie Cox is probably probably your favorite Daredevil, Kendall, but we do not pick favorites, and we do need to appreciate um, the, <laughs> the the Ben Affleck version of Daredevil right yeah, okay. here. He's I'll acknowledge. I'll, 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 I'll acknowledge that it exists. <laughs> Just like uh, Halle Berry's Catwoman. Anyway, yes, um, it exists. It um, exists. <laughs> Yeah, um, kind of, kind of out of the blue, uh, this sort of um, confirmation, dare say, that that uh, there's going to be a daredevil, maybe quote unquote, maybe a daredevil in the MCU, and it will be played by uh, Charlie Cox. But it's actually interesting because I did watch like clips of what he was saying, and he was next to um, I can't remember her name, but she she's actually, yeah. Amy Pascal. Amy Pascal was actually yeah. in, in charge of uh, Spider-Man as well. So that's kind of interesting that he was saying it next to her. So, you know, we've got a <laughs> Spider-Man coming up. <laughs> and uh, and it's also interesting as well because um, the, the Hawkeye series is very leaning leaning on the fact that there's going to be a Kingpin possible, yes. possible cameo. So, I don't know. Either way, we're, we're all going to have to sit down and watch Daredevil. <laughs> So we can actually know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I enjoy the fact that um, they are not necessarily leaving uh, the the uh, Netflix Marvel canon um, alone. They're going to incorporate it somehow. Um, and a lot of people are wanting, like, uh, uh, The Punisher as well and and uh, Jessica Jones um uh oh and Luke Cage possibly not Iron Fist but <laughs> <laughs> but but you know um 
it's cool. You, you know, we're, we're dealing with multiverses here, so they can do whatever they want. I mean, we essentially we've got two versions of J. Jonah Jameson in in the quote unquote same cinematic universe. If we're going to continue, if Sam Raimi's Spider Man is going to be part of the, this big umbrella of the MCU as well, so. Weird stuff is going to happen, and a lot of people are going to be happy with their sort of fan casts and all that. So, I'm happy, even though I haven't seen anything of Daredevil, but, you know, it's it's going to push me to, to watch, watch them all, including um, all the other ones. Maybe not Iron Fist, but, you know, I've heard, I've heard bad things. But I might watch it just to hate it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, watch it. Watch it for David Wenham. There you go. Oh, there you go. There you go. The same. <laughs> the same reason why I go back to watch uh, Dragonheart. Apparently, he's in that. He plays the the king. Oh, really? Yeah, he plays the asshole king that gets the Dragonheart, and they have to kill yeah. him at the end. Okay, I barely remember that movie. So do I. <laughs> As I, I haven't watched this in ages, and then I watched it. I thought. It's better in my it's better in my memory. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. That's no, that's okay. Late nineties, early noughties, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. What what can you do? Yeah, what can we do, Kendall? That's my what question to you. Do? That's yep. Yep. That's my segue. That's my segue to you. That's that's a great segue, thank you. Well, what are you gonna I'm, do? Uh, well, I know what we can do. Uh, we can focus on the future instead of looking at the past for a moment. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. Because, yes, the next bit of Marvel news we have to share is the fact that uh, Destin Daniel Cretton is confirmed to be returning as a writer and director for Shang-Chi 2, whatever form that title will take, but the sequel to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um which was obviously very successful and very well received by fans and critics um, and obviously was going to be getting a sequel anyway because it's Marvel. Uh, but, yeah, really great to see that he's coming back um, to do it. I love I love when Marvel make this, you know, form of recognition where they're like, okay, well, obviously this guy know, knows what he's doing. He's come. He's established a tone uh, for a franchise here and we want that continuity to happen. So... Uh, it's very cool. He's actually um, kind of entered in a deal with Disney and Marvel Studios because apparently there is going to be a spin-off TV series on Disney Plus, um, which is super cool. Uh, we have no idea uh, what it is. According to some reports, it's going to be a comedy. Slattery, 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 slattery. <laughs> <laughs> so whether it's the Tre- Trevor Slattery and Morris uh, variety show, um, we'll find out. But, um, you know, it, I, I could also see Aquafina returning as Katie, maybe as well. She's also very amusing in her own right. Um, but, yeah, we know nothing about that apart from the fact that it's happening. And uh, work has already begun on the sequel for Shang-Chi, um, Cretton was quoted as saying that uh, they're in very early stages of brainstorming and figuring out what direction uh, we want to go in. But yeah, we'll be kind of simultaneously working on a lot of these things from now until we start shooting. So yeah, it's in the 
The very, very early days, Shang-Chi 2, but uh, it's coming and a series is a coming. I can't wait. I'm very excited, of course. Who knows when all this will be coming out? Because, again, every time they keep announcing more MCU stuff, I'm just like, where? Where are you going to fit it? <laughs> where are you putting this? And where There's in the too world, much. too? It's, it's starting to become crazy. Yeah, yes, it is starting to become a little a little intense. Um, Fulia, does this please you? It pleases me very much. I, <laughs> I really love the work that uh, Destin did for Shang-Chi. He did an amazing job in terms of directing. Mm. Um, and, you know, kudos to, to his skill. It, it just, it was such a great movie. Um, so I am definitely looking forward to seeing um, Shang-Chi number two directed by him as well so yeah should be a fun time indeed absolutely mike what uh your thoughts and feelings on this um i'm not surprised that it's getting a sequel which um fantastic really i mean out of the um post-covid um uh, Marvel movies is definitely up there being one of my favourites and definitely one of those that I would definitely go back and watch like over and over again because it's absolutely fantastic and and the storytelling, the the themes and everything and also the the um the 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 not the mystery, the the mythos, the the the, the Chinese legends as as well is also a, a, a good balance in in the storytelling in this, and I, I'm I'm definitely going to be excited of what where they're going to lead Shang Chi, and and his journey. <laughs> maybe maybe he becomes an Avenger, and he'll be the the sideline Avenger. Who knows? Um, the sky is the limit, and you can only have a flying dragon to, <laughs> to reach it. Mm-hmm. Falcor! I don't know why I said that. <laughs> no, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm always here for a never-ending story reference. What are you talking about? Yeah, and I don't really like never-ending story. I, I think I watched it at the wrong time in my life. <laughs> yeah, watching kids shows when you're not a kid is def- definitely a hit and miss. Yeah. Anyway, why are we talking about this? Um, <laughs> it right. is gold leader. Gold leader. All right. Speaking of kids. On. Speaking of kids, well, he's not—he's not a kid. He's so a much child, anymore, but he <laughs> still looks like one. Um, Tom Holland. Oh, hello, I'm Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your friendly neighbourhood spoiler of MCU stuff. Um, <laughs> Shiny shoes for you, Governor. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tom Holland, the lovely Tom Holland, who we love and adore, all three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, he, <laughs> uh, not um, my Spider-Man. <laughs> You're not Peter Parker. Um, no. Um, Tom Holland uh, this week was confirmed to be playing Fred Astaire in an upcoming biopic about the legendary performer. Um I pretty much leapt out of my seat when this was announced because how how could you go wrong with this casting choice? How could you go wrong? Um, it's I no. This is the only thing that's going to let this movie down is if the script is shit or if the direction is shit um, or the studio interferes. But they don't do that because <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, as we all know, Tom Holland 
can dance his butt off. Uh, we've all seen a lip sync battle. We've all seen him kick ass on stage, doing a bit of the old Gene Kelly and then doing some Rihanna like Rihanna herself can't really do. Um, just legendary. So, um, and of course, for those who don't know, Tom Holland actually got um, one of his early breaks was playing Billy Elliot um, on stage, um, I believe, in the West End um, back yeah. in the day. Yeah. When so, it became a musical. Yes, when Billy Elliot became a musical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and for those who don't know who Fred Astaire is, I mean, he is in Hollywood icon and legend um, of the golden age of Hollywood, very much known for his singing, dancing, uh, dancing most uh, in particular, uh, just the way he could move his feet was something to behold. Mm. Um, And I would highly recommend checking out a lot of his stuff. Um, In particular, a certain film I like called The Bandwagon, which um, was actually part of the inspiration for Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal video. So um, he was a, yeah, a big influence on MJ. So um, it's one of the reasons why I like Fred Astaire so much. He's just brilliant. So the fact that Tom Holland is playing him, is just perfect to me in every way. Um, Fulia, what are your your thoughts on this? You keen to see Tom doing some more dancing? I'd love to see Tom do some more dancing. (laughs) It's going to be pretty cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I am definitely one of those people who has seen him perform in Lip Sync Battle. That was just one hell of a performance by Tom Holland. Something I wasn't expecting, to be honest. Um, blew my mind when I watched it. <laughs> yeah. So, and the fact that he's already, you know, um, started off um, in uh, theatre production, uh, in musical production, it just makes sense. So I'd love to see more of, of Tom Holland doing that sort of, um, that sort of performance. Um, and, you know, like, I, the fact that he's going to be Fred Astaire, uh, I don't really know much about Fred Astaire myself, so this would be a really interesting film for me to watch. Um, so I am looking forward to the film in general. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully Tom Holland can uh, pull it off, and I think he can. Well said. Very well said. Mike, what do you think? Um, well done, I reckon. Uh, it definitely look, looks like him, and he can definitely dance and, and sing. Um yeah, I'm having, I'm actually having a look at his uh, uh, IMDb, and I had no idea he was in Towering Inferno. Fred Astaire. Yeah. Oh, but I didn't know that either. He must have been an elderly gentleman because 1970, 1974. So, hmm, interesting. And he was also okay. Weird. He was in Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> oh, the 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 1980 series. But uh, yeah, no, 1979. 1979. Wow. Ooh, okay. Uh, it, well, it's on. It's on the top of the um, the 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 um, the actor's bio. So so that makes sense. Yeah, he hasn't been in many, many things. So cool. Um, it'll be a very interesting uh, movie, and I'll definitely watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. All right, let's move into some TV news now. We have one quick thing that bears a mention. Um, Cowboy Bebop has been cancelled by Netflix. <gasps> what? Yep, already. 
Um, it hasn't even been that long. It hasn't even been that long. It's been like three weeks since season one of the live action uh, American adaptation um, of the the classic anime series dropped. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Very surprising because the hype for this going in was pretty intense. A lot of people were very excited for it. It looked really cool. Um, you know, there were all these videos going around online of how they managed to recreate the anime in a live action in terms of like making the opening credits the same, but in live action uh, and borrowing a lot of stuff from the series. Um, and that's apparently according to its critics, that's apparently where the show kind of made some missteps. Uh, whereas it like it was kind of trying to be like a carbon copy of the anime as opposed to taking inspiration from it and forging its own identity. And when um, you and when you've got the anime actually on the same streaming service, I mean, yeah, where where would you rather be watching the original or watching the, the yeah the adaptation on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so very disappointing. I mean, it was yeah. Uh, yeah, very hyped. As I said, uh, a lot of people did tune in to to watch when it was first released, but the return uh, numbers and subsequent days and weeks that followed dropped significantly. So that was enough, of course, for um, Netflix to go. Yep, all right, nah, gone. No one's watching. No, one, not enough people are watching it to to you know, for us to be spending millions and millions of dollars making this, because obviously it would have been very expensive mm-hmm. uh, to produce. So I don't blame Netflix for cancelling it. It's just a shame, though, um, to see it go the wayside. But um, there it is. I'm probably not going to watch it because I'm not a huge uh, anime person myself. Ooh, I, I, blasphemy. I, res- I respect the art form. It is gorgeous and stunning, and I could never do it myself. And I admire anyone who attempts to adapt it. But uh, again, uh, historically, anime adaptations uh, in, by Americans have not really gone well in the live action. It's just, especially on Netflix, you know, there was that De- Death Note movie from a few years ago that everyone's kind of forgotten about now. Wait, there was a Death Note movie? There was a Death Note movie. And everybody hated it. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so disappointing, but what can you do? Fulia, um, any comments on this? Was this something on your radar? Were you planning on watching it? I was actually planning on watching the anime itself um, when I found out that there was a live action adaptation coming from Netflix. I was like, yeah, I might actually see, I might actually watch it before this one comes out. Um, Haven't gotten around to it, unfortunately, but um, finding out that, you know, Cowboy Bebop, uh, the live action cancelled after not even a, a whole season. <laughs> it's uh, it's very disappointing and very disheartening as well. It's um, doesn't really give you much confidence if uh, if you know the numbers in in uh, viewings uh, drops after the first episode. So obviously, there's nothing really there to keep the audience's attention to to return to it. Um, which is which is a shame, um, but I guess this goes to show how anime fans are. They if they love something a lot and you go and f it up in live action form, they're not gonna like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, so um, 
Anime fans can be a little bit touchy when it comes to their favorite shows being adapted into live action. So I I don't uh, I don't blame them. <laughs> so it is a shame that it's been cancelled, but you know what can you do? If Netflix doesn't like the numbers they're seeing, of course they're going to be you know saying that they don't want to continue with it. So yeah. Yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. Mike, what about you? Were you interested in this one? I was, actually. Um, and I, I haven't watched it yet. I'm still still going through the um, the anime first because I want to see what I'm getting into. Uh, because um, through the pop culture zeitgeist, it's one of the, um, the best anime ever <laughs> so, sort of uh, genre of anime at the moment. And I can see why it's definitely it's de- it's definitely interesting and actually something that you it, uh, considering people like Firefly, it's very much like Firefly, where it's all like old west bounty hunters in space, and but with an anime twist and um it's pretty pretty awesome, um so yeah I'll definitely I'll definitely watch it and just to watch like uh, not necessarily like comparing bits and pieces um probably just watch it for for the fun of it seeing like um how they how they film it and all that not necessarily for the uh story because i'm assuming it's probably like a carbon copy and and as i said before what's the point of what watching a carbon copy of um a live action when you've got the anime on the same streaming service i mean that's that's where they got that's where they got it wrong (laughs) It's supposed yeah. to, they'll trap you, and they say, "Well, there's nothing else to watch." Ha ha, got you. And capitalism, yay! <laughs> um, will Netflix learn from this? Possibly not. Um, no doubt they'll probably start doing live action Studio Ghibli. <laughs> no, gosh, I hope not. <laughs> oh my not. god, let's hope not. Wouldn't that be blasphemous? <laughs> Very. <laughs> Mind you, I can see uh, uh, Jimmy O. Oh, I can't remember. I can't really. Say, I can't say his name. Del Toro, doing like um. Uh, Guillermo. Yeah, Guillermo. Still near practice to say his first name, but I can imagine him doing like a a, a um, a my neighbor Totoro, so sort of thing like. Yeah, yeah. I, can, he I can sort is of see Totoro. that. I can sort of see that. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Borderline scary, but not and still fun for yeah. kids. Yeah, it could be like a, a a slightly less horrifying Pan's Labyrinth. Is there maybe. such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Mind you, they sort of did did it with uh, um, where the wild things are. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those creatures as well. Mm. <clears throat> cool. Red leader. <laughs> gold leader. <laughs> Golden leader. Red okay. leader. This is a gold leader. Standing by. Um, okay, cool. So that's that. Um, and now I'm going to throw to the wonderful Fulia Katamache, who has a, a wrap up of a big event that took place in the gaming world this week, and that was the Game Awards themselves. Um, so I'm just going to. Pass the reins over <laughs> to Fulia. Take it away. What happened at the Game Awards? And now it's time for the theme of 
foolish Fuji on gaming. Gaming girl. Go, gaming girl. What's going on? Thank you, thank you. With um, the games. So, a couple of nights ago, I it was uh, the Game Awards. Um, the... Pretty much, it's almost like the 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 Logies or the 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 Oscars of the gaming world. <laughs> yeah, so but on a anything. much smaller scale. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was uh, it was interesting. I only got a chance to watch the like the second half of the show. Um, the show did run for a lot longer than expected. They went over three hours. Um, yeah, I, most of most of the things that were being shown in this, apart because there's not as many like awards that were being given out, um, there there was just a lot of gaming related advertisements um, that sort of filled in a lot of time um, and then stretched it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also got quite a lot of gaming previews for upcoming games for games that are now available to play. Um, and for, yeah, for games that are highly anticipated. So, um, there was a lot of, um, a lot of gameplay footage, a lot of just footage in general. Um, we, uh, yeah, so we got, and we also got quite a few other things as well, which I'll mention after the main categories that I would like to talk about the winners of the main categories, uh, starting off with, um, best family game, uh, the best family game nominees came down to now get this in this category there are f- <laughs> there are five nominees in here four of which are Nintendo games none what? of them won <laughs> <laughs> the one that took it out for best family game uh, went to It Takes Two which is a really interesting co-op game Based on based on a couple who have to go through marriage counselling. <laughs> I've heard about that one. It's it's a really sweet game. the 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 parents of this child get turned into toys, and they have to go through this world that the child has created, and to be and they have to work together and all that sort of stuff. So, um, it's a really it's a really cute game that I've seen people play. Um, but yeah, uh, out of out of all of the games in that category, it takes two one. Um, the other nominees were Mario Party Superstars, uh, New Pokemon Snap, uh, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, and WarioWare Get It Together, um, which all came out this year. Uh, but yeah, so the non Nintendo game just <laughs> won that one. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's like that's literally like. When um, uh, the the best animated feature at the Oscars is just all Pixar nominees and then one lone, like, DreamWorks, and then if the DreamWorks won, that would be that kind of victory. So that's mad respect. For it's, it takes yeah. time. Well, not even that. Uh, an, animated from, uh, an animation from a different country. I yeah, remember that yeah. happening once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, another category I'd like to mention is the best role-playing game, uh, and the nominees for that category were Cyberpunk twenty seven seven, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei five, and Tales of Arise. The winner of best RPG went to Tales of Arise. Um, I heard a lot of good things about that particular game. Uh, I'm thinking about maybe picking it up at some stage. 
so yeah, the, and that was made by uh, Bandai Namco. So well done to them. Um, the next category that I would like to mention is the best action adventure game. Um, and the nominees for that were Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid <laughs> Dread, Psychonauts 2, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. And the winner of wow. Best Action Adventure went to Metroid Dread. Well done wow. to Nintendo for that one. <laughs> that was a very highly anticipated game that was um, in the works Metroid um, has quite a, a long history in the gaming universe, so um, and I heard a lot of good things about Metroid Dread, so well done to them. Uh, the next category I'd like to uh, mention is Best Action Game, and the nominees for Best Action Game went to Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, and Returnal, and the winner was Returnal. So Returnal got some love for um, wow. for that. Returnal, a lot of people were thinking that they were going to get snubbed in the Game Awards this year. Luckily, they earned themselves an award there for Best Action Game. Um, the next one I'd like to mention is the Best Indie Game. Uh, nominees for that were 12 Minutes, Death Door, Inscription, Kina Bridge of Spirits, and Loop Hero. And the winner of uh, Best Indie went to Kina Bridge of Spirits. Um, well done to Ember Lab for that. That particular game looks very, very cool. Um, I'm also thinking about picking that one up as well at some point. Um, so that's, uh, that's a big congratulations to them. Um, now, the next one I want to mention is for Games for Impact. And that category is for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. And the nominees uh. in this particular category were uh, Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Life is Strange True Colors, and No Longer Home. And the winner of Games for Impact went to Life is Strange True Colors. Yay. I am so happy they won an award. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that game. I played it through twice. Um, it's absolutely oh, wow. beautiful. The narration in that in that movie is a be- is amazing, um, and just the visuals of it is just gorgeous. Absolutely love it. So congratulations to uh, Square Enix and Deck Nine for winning that one. The next category I'd like to talk about is best narrative um, for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. And the nominees for that were Deathloop, It Takes Two, Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Psychonauts 2. Now, I was really hoping that Life is Strange would win this one, but they unfortunately did not. The winner of that category went to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> which I'm sure you'd be happy about even though you've never played the game. <laughs> I've never played it, but I've heard I've heard it's awesome. I've heard some good things about it too. So I, I am I am sort of considering it, but I'm kind of on the fence, but we'll see. I've still I've got a I've got a catalogue to go through in terms of games. <laughs> so I, I, got, I was I thinking of pick- <laughs> Yeah. I was actually thinking of picking it up so so the listener can play it on his stream, but he hasn't got any money. No, that's fair. 
I'm not picking up his tattoo. <laughs> and lastly, <laughs> um, the main the main category of the Game Awards, Game of the Year. Nominees for that were Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. And the winner, the Game of the Year, went to It Takes Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah hey. so out of all wow. those six nominees and i feel like um some of them maybe one or two of them were pretty close um yeah it takes two took out the title for game of the year so congratulations wow. to hazel light studios and ea um for their amazing uh for their amazing game development so well done to all of the nominees and the winners. There are so many other categories that I haven't mentioned. So if you do want to check it out, um, <laughs> go check out uh, thegameawards.com and then you'll be able to find all of the categories there for 2021. Um, and yeah, that is pretty much my wrap up. And then we'll segue into, um, there were also a few trailers that were highlighted in the Game Awards. Um, so, and they're very highly anticipated movie trailers as well and TV show trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, with that, Kendall. Yes, Fulia. What is it? <laughs> the reins, the reins have been handed back. So I can tell everyone that we're rolling on up to the trailer park. <laughs> rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeah. All right. Trailer park time. Woo. Woo! Yes, of course, the Game Awards uh, did have a bunch of trailers for a lot of new things, a lot of, a lot of really cool things. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about a couple of them uh, as we go through our trailer park. But the first thing we must address is the uh, latest trailer for... The Matrix Resurrections. Oh, is that a new game? Um, (laughs) It's a pretty fucking trippy VR simulation, (laughs) isn't it? It definitely Um, is a simulation. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Oh. Do you ever get deja vu? Um, So, yes. (laughs) The Matrix Resurrections. Um, Oh, my God. I mean. Oh, is that a trailer? Yeah. Get it? Deja vu. Yeah, I got no, I got it. Thank you. Thank you. I set it up. You spiked it down. Thank you very much. I killed it. <laughs> you, you killed it. This movie looks great. I, I am, I'm very excited. Of course, I'm here for it. I'm, you know, a fan of the first film and and just the the idea and the potential of the world that is the Matrix. Um, because you know the the sequels did not really live up to the quality and standard of the first film, but that's my opinion. I know a lot of people think that way too, but I enjoy them for what they are. They're still they're still very entertaining um, spectacles. So I'm really keen to see where they take this story next, and I think I'm going to have to re-watch because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the, um, you know, the spoilers for Matrix Revolutions, but I'm pretty sure Neo died at the end. Um, so... I, yeah, I, I mean, this is called Resurrections, so I'm guessing 
either the machines bring him back to life or or what but yeah i just this trailer brought those questions back in my brain i'm like i really need to rewatch the the um the trilogy the trilogy, the trilogy. um but uh, yeah it looks fantastic like it just i don't know i'm i was having a lot of feels while watching it like a lot of nostalgia for it. it just looks it looks shiny it looks brilliant it looks um miraculous um a lot. I really liked how this trailer kind of, uh, you, you know, it 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 tugged on the nostalgic heartstrings that we all have because it just it did a lot of mirroring kind of shots with like things that happened in in the first film, um, you know, which I thought was super cool, um, and it was like, oh, I remember that, fucking member berries, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it just it just looks awesome. I can't wait. And it's coming out very soon. So, um, yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. Good good shit. Uh, Fulia, what, what were your thoughts and feelings about this trailer? Uh, so I've only ever watched the first film, I believe. I don't remember watching the, the second or the third, um, which I may have to go and actually watch them anyway uh, to find out where this sort of continues on from. Um, it looks interesting. It's, um, very action packed. There's a lot of action, um, that I forgot (laughs) happens in the, in the movies. Um, (laughs) it's, um, it's interesting to see that there's two versions of Neo in this from what I saw in the trailer was there was like a young version of him. And then there was the current version of him. I don't know. Maybe Um, that's just my brain playing tricks on me. Well, what what I saw was unless there were flashbacks, a neo, it, a neo, no, a neo in the matrix and a neo out of the matrix, okay. and then there was, and then there was footage from the first film put in yeah. here. So maybe that's maybe it. maybe that's that's what it was. Um, it like nevertheless, it actually looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to go and watch the first, the you know, go back and watch the the main ones before I watch this one, because I can already see myself getting so confused. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm going to need to do a rewatch of the Matrix films as well. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Mike, what'd you think? Um, This is like the second trailer that came out, and I remember watching the first one and just having a look at it, it was like, we gonna do this again? Uh, we did a sort of rehashing, like years later, of a new franchise and trying to uh, adapt it and that. And then um, after watching this one, it sort of twigged on me of um, how would they go about this? Because the, in the first one, uh, actually got a lot of people thinking about like uh, like film analysis and all that. Not not just watching a film for um, for entertainment purposes but actually dissecting the actual movie it's like well if it's a simulation this is sort of uh talking about how um people deal with technology and how and how is that affecting us and and what what is our potential and also um the original movies that they've definitely changed like our lives even if we don't think about it. I mean, the concept of a red pill and a blue pill is definitely definitely around nowadays uh, of people people like 
being a um a political standpoint if you're taking the red pill it's like uh, oh I'm, I'm actually seeing the real life but but then to the extremes it it goes goes towards like q and on and all this sort of uh crypto shit and and all that and also but there's also a good thing as well of having a blue pill uh just getting away from that sort of um life and i'm so i'm i'm uh i've been watching a lot of like breakdowns on this on this and it's actually becoming more uh more appealing to me of how they're going to like make this make uh what is this film uh talking about like our lives it's uh, and people are sort of speculating it's like well it's kind of like social media it's sort of um associating itself with social media considering this is like the new matrix but with the old matrix in the background because uh it's sort of like a memory a post memory that we have and it's sort of like what we put up on on um social media is not necessarily us but it's what we choose to be so it's sort of like a fo- false false sort of narrative yeah. that you have like an online self and you have an inline self and that's sort of matrixy as well well so like um i'm i'm gonna really look um, i'm i'm not sure if i'm looking forward to this but i'm actually look more looking forward to like the analysis of this film like coming out because it definitely um like the first uh movie definitely got a lot of people saying maybe maybe there's more to movies than 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 there is like considering on the surface matrix is ba- basically oh these cool people with guns and they've got leather capes and and, and dark sunglasses yeah, well it's a bit more than that it's I don't want to be like pretentious or anything like that. Well, it's a bit more than more than that. You see, Neo <laughs> is kind of like Jesus. He's kind of like a he's kind of like a Jesus figure and and all that. And Trinity, yeah, it makes sense. Morpheus, yeah, <laughs> it's all to do with mythos and all that. So, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this one, and I and I didn't expect to actually be looking forward to a, a Matrix Four. Mm, me either. Me either. So when are we going to be watching this, Kendall? Or streaming well, it? Or streaming it. I believe it is going to be releasing on HBO Max if you're in the States. But here in Australia, you can check it out in cinemas on Boxing Day, the 26th of December. HBO Max, yeah. so it could be on binge at a price. At, mm, we'll see. We shall see. All right. Second trailer is for a second film in a beloved uh, gaming franchise. This is one of the trailers that dropped at the Game Awards. Oh, is this a new game? Um, (laughs) No. No. We only talk about movie trailers here. Um, And, well, sometimes TV show trailers, but no gaming trailers. Um, Gold Leader. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, I'm talking about, of course, our first look at Sonic the Hedgehog two. Um, my God, I look how far we've come. Little <laughs> did we know. <laughs> Little did we know that you know when we were we were all losing our effing minds over the nightmare fuel that was that incorrect image of Sonic. From the very first trailer back in, God, t- 
2019 or 2018 that was that first trailer it oh my god so long ago now um but yeah yeah little did we know that would grow into something actually that is pretty 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 fantastic uh if you ask me i loved the first film i thought it was great i really enjoyed it um and when i found out they're making a sequel i was very excited and um now that i've seen the first footage it just it just looks so much fun it looks like so much fun i can't wait to go watch this this is a really good trailer um it didn't it, it showed it showed more than i expected it to so it wasn't really a teaser trailer um it was more of a full like not a story trailer per se but kind of because it gave hints at what the plot would be like you know maybe maybe sonic's getting a bit too you know cool for his his boots um you know he's i liked the um, I can't remember what, I don't know if you guys remember what he referred to himself as, like James Marsden was like saying, you're not Batman, blah, blah, blah. And then he, the blue justice, he said, <laughs> the blue, he blue justice. I thought that was, I thought that was really funny. And he's like, you know, silhouetted against the moon. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but yeah. And then of course, um, Robotnik is back. Um, Jim Carrey has returned. With the stash um, that is bigger oh than Oh my Texas. God. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Um <laughs> I mean look, the the mustache is like it looks great, but it took it took me out of it a bit because when he talks, it moves like so he much. It's its own character. <laughs> it's his own it's like it's exactly it's its own character. Um and I was like just it took everything I had not to burst out laughing when I was watching the trailer after he just he's just doing a villain monologue thing, speech, like dialogue, whatever it is, but he's trying to be serious and his moustache is just twitching and I'm just like, I can't, I can't with this. I can't, but I love it. <laughs> I love it a lot. Um, so I'm really excited to see him come back because he was my favourite favorite thing about number one. Uh, that and Ben Schwartz, of course, is the voice of Sonic. Um, and then I didn't expect this. Not only did we get our first look at Tails... But we got our first look at Knuckles, voiced by the one and only Idris Elba. Can you believe? <laughs> um, wow, <laughs> that was that was fantastic. That was that was great. I was not expecting to get a look at at Knuckles this soon, and to hear Idris Elba's voice as well um, coming out of it. I'm like, yep, go for it, mate. Do it. This is this is great. <laughs> I love it. I love I love everything about it. So yeah. I'm here for Sonic 2. Cannot wait. Um, Fulia, I know you didn't like Sonic as much as I did, um, which which disappointed me, but I understand. Um, so I'm really curious to hear what you thought of this trailer. Uh, yeah, look, I'm still going to say that, you know, Robotnik is definitely going to be the, <laughs> the standout character, I think. Um, yes, especially with that freaking mustache, like holy crap! It's like two or three times size of his head. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'll probably still end up watching it just so that I can get me some more Jim Carrey in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Like. It'll be interesting to see Tails as well as Knuckles. So it's like extra extra incentive there is the, the extra hedgehog characters. 
Um, but I don't know. Uh, the story is not vibing with me. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. This is the first trailer. Yeah. We'll see see what happens when the next trailer comes out. Very good. All right, Mike, what did you reckon? You going to watch this? Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this. It yeah. looks it looks fantastic. Um it as you said as you said Kendall, we've come a long way. We all know <laughs> the story. It's Taylor's oldest time. And and I think after the first one came out, a lot of people were not expecting it to be uh, I wouldn't say as good, but acceptable like for yeah like for all audiences uh like diehard sonic fans as well as like just your your average uh um, movie going audience and also kids as well and and it's also a little bit nostalgic as well considering it is sonic and it's also nostalgic for like (laughs) like 90s jim carrey like coming back from the grave i mean (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, it's it, it definitely tickles me in a in a way, especially especially the what the line that sort of uh, cling clinged it for me is like I'm definitely going to enjoy this. Is where it's where they're talking about the Chaos Emerald, uh, and and the um, <laughs> and he sa- says it's it's been on my it's been on my wishboard for years. <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. I thought, yeah, I like I like this, <laughs> and I and I'm thinking because um, I heard somewhere where where there was a lot of um, uh, I wouldn't say trouble in with the first one trying to get it up. It's like, oh, what can we do that's not too bizarre? Because considering there is a lot of law with Sonic and how a an audience would. Um, like digest this it's like we well we can't really go too far out of left field that's why they sort of made sonic come to our world which is a trope oldest time just a grounded in in real life but um having a look at this now i think i think well we, we've got them now they're gonna they're going to uh they're gonna go uh, the audience is gonna go wherever we we go so i'm thinking they're just gonna chuck a lot of lot of things in here and i'm i'm just going to be enjoying the ride and 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 the bizarre world of sonic and how you gotta gotta win all the chaos emeralds even though emerald is green and they're they're multicolored (laughs) so (laughs) it doesn't make sense and yeah and having knuckles the echidna to come back you know had my misgivings they could they could have had an australian playing an echidna but no. But <laughs> oh well. Edge's elbow will be fine. They needed a deep brooding voice for him, I think. <laughs> yeah, Shane Jacobson. There you go. Yeah. Good eye, mate. <laughs> Good eye, mate. Or even Ben Ben Mendelssohn. Oh my god. Be fucking ben Men- Ben Mendelssohn as Knuckles. Yeah, doing <laughs> We want it. Doing his um Animal Kingdom character. Oh, hey, mate. Fuck. What are you doing, mate? You're not going to call the cops, are you, mate? <laughs> Come here, Sonic. I'll fucking rip you up. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. I want that. Or John Jarrett. 
Oh, no. Too far? Okay. <laughs> Maybe a little too far. Come here, Tails. I'll cut your tits off. Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway. So when will we be uh, watching this, Kendall? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Give me a moment to take my breath and composure. <sighs> okay. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 will be in... Uh, the theatres on the 7th of April, 2022. Very, very soon. Very, very soon. It's like five months away, less than. Yeah. Very nice. Probably get one trailer and then that's it. Four months away. Yes. Yeah. No, nah, we'll, we'll get like a million trailers. What are you talking about? I don't know. It's Probably just story trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And lots of clips and shit, I'm sure. All righty. We got one more trailer to discuss um, that came out of the Game Awards this week. And this is a big deal um, because this is our first look at the upcoming Halo TV series. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad they kept the music. Yes. Holy shit. What a good, what a good decision! What a good decision! Um, wow, this looks amazing. Um, this is only a brief teaser, and it was a great little teaser. I thought it, I thought it was put together super well, very effective. Um, just the perfect right amount of setting things up here, and you know, giving us out just just our one look at Master Chief. Like that's all. All we're going to get for now. Like, that's fine. He looks exactly like he does in the game. So, happy with that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I and I don't really know too much about the story that goes into the Halo games and into the, the world, the universe of, of Halo. Because um, I, I dabbled in a bit of Halo games um, back in the day. Like, I played Halo Reach quite a bit. Um, and Halo 3, I think was the other one I played, um, but just in the multiplayer format. So I haven't done any of the story modes or the campaigns myself, but um, yeah, but it it's, you know, the, the Halo fandom is massive and I hope they're very happy with this teaser because it looks brilliant. I love the, the sweeping vistas of this like city in the future looked amazing. Uh, just the visuals all around looked fantastic to me. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to, to dive in. I'm definitely watching this. I may have to get Paramount Plus. <laughs> oh, it's all right. You can you can add it to your um uh, uh Prime as a as a channel. Oh. oh, you can. Yeah, you can do like a, oh. a free trial through that. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. All right, I will. I'll wait till the Halo series comes out and then I'll do it. Yeah, and then I'll do it. Thank you. That's all right. Um. Fulia, what are your thoughts on the Halo teaser? I'm not a Xbox gamer, so Halo is definitely not a game I play. Uh, however, I have seen a lot of other people play it, and the character is iconic in the Xbox gaming world. So I'm not surprised that they have given um, the Master Chief uh, a TV series. So, um, yeah, it does, like you said, Kendall, that teaser trailer just looked really, really nice. Um, and they definitely kept Master Chief the way he should be, um, you know, with the golden visor and the green armor, just 
really looks really good. Um, and then we've also got our Cortana, who's being played by Jen Taylor, um, which is going to be interesting. I'm not sure whether I'd be. I'm. I'm probably not the target audience for this particular, to, for this particular show. Um, I like you, Kendall. Don't really know what the story is in the actual gameplay with the campaigns and stuff. Um, I just. I'm. I played maybe like a minuscule amount of it, like maybe an hour or two of it with friends back in the day. Um, but I, because I've never really owned an Xbox, especially now, I don't really have one. I, I'm not a first person shooter gamer. So that's why I never really looked into getting any other Xboxes recently. Um, but you know what? The Halo fans are going to be very, very happy. Um, and that, that the, the, the score, from the game being put into this trailer. Mm. I've never played I've never really played the game. I'm not a huge fan, but I still got chills. Mm. Yeah, same. Yeah. It's very mm. cool. Very, very cool. Mike, are you watching this? What did, what did you think? What did you think? I'm excited. Uh for this. Um um, I'm probably the same as you, Kendall. I only dabbled, and I've got them all on um, Xbox, so uh, old Xbox, and and I play, played like majority of all, all of them. Probably not the first one, and yeah, it's a very interesting story. I only know, uh, I can't remember. Do I know the lore? Probably not. Uh, so essentially, uh, the Halo is like these Halo rings that are sort of built in space. It's like it's not necessarily it's not a planet per se but there actually there's actually like um uh people who live on the ha- halo like inside of the halo and they sort of make uh they're sort of built f- for war or anything like that so there's a, so it's definitely human versus alien sort of things and and different lore on that and I don't know it that much, but I'm definitely definitely going to have a look at this because it definitely look it definitely gives me um some some um, uh Mandalorian vibes as well. I'm I'm thinking well yeah like they've been trying to get like a Halo thing off the ground uh, that's not a that's not a, a computer game like like even um, Peter Jackson was try- trying to do like a Halo movie. And they, all they built was the was the uh, um, was the car, and they sort of blew their budget because <laughs> they like doing practical stuff, and and they built they built the car, and that was it, and it just fell apart. Wow. So mm. yeah, uh, but they still use the warthog for um like promotional stuff, especially when they're doing like live action sort of trailers for, uh, I think it was Halo Four. Where they do like a mini sort of battle, uh, battle thing, and they and they and they use that. And every time there's a conference, they always put get out the warthog. So they still use it, which is good. And yeah, and and I suppose uh, they they've been trying to like find some sort of niche with it because uh, uh, the Master Chief doesn't take his helmet off, and. And that was uh, sort of the gimmick of of uh, the um, video game as well, because he's supposed to be like he's the Link character. He's supposed to be uh, what 
what uh, puts you in this world and he's he doesn't and the character is not supposed to like be uh like big and flashy it's supposed to be you in this and you're supposed to be in in this character as well so and yeah so i'm guessing because they don't they it, it would have been great if they got the original voice to do master chief but um having a look it doesn't they they actually got someone else to do it so i'm probably guessing they'll probably take off the helmet which i would advise not to because you don't need to i don't think i mean i'm guessing because of this tv show um mandalorian came out i thought oh so you can have a protagonist that doesn't take his helmet off and still be engaging Mm. so yeah i'll be definitely looking at this and 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 yeah and uh, and i'll be um putting my paramount plus on again when it comes out (laughs) yeah so i'll be watching that and cat dog (laughs) sweet lovely mix Mm. so when will we be streaming this kendall well um thanks for asking that's all right. I almost uh, the, forgot. <laughs> uh, there isn't an actual air date yet for Halo. Um, they are keeping that close to the vest. Um, but uh, we can expect to see it streaming on Paramount Plus next year sometime during 2022. It's coming. Mm. Mm. Yes. All right. That's Trailer Park. We're done. We're rolling on out. Rolling on out because it's time for a quickie review. Quickie review. Uh, because, of course, this week there was another episode of Hawkeye that aired. Oh, shit, there was? Uh, yes. Yes. Hilarious, Michael. You're so funny. Oh, thank you for that condescending yeah. sort of backhanded compliment. love you um yes hawkeye episode four ed during the week um the episode was called partners am i right um which was pretty pretty great um so (laughs) yeah so just going around with our thoughts we are gonna just quickly discuss some spoilers we're not gonna really go too much into it um, but um, just some gen- general thoughts. And I'm going to just start by saying two words. Yelena Baloma. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, my God. Yeah. I was, again, you're so funny, Michael. Are we supposed to know that character? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, my girl Florence Pugh finally showed herself in the Hawkeye series. Um, you know, big spoilers for Black Widow, but uh, yeah, she was, uh, in the in the post credit scene for that, she was being recruited, or already recruited by Val, but uh, given the assignment uh, by Julia Louis-Dreyfus's Val uh, to go and kill Clint Barton because he is apparently responsible, well, he definitely feels responsible for the death of Natasha Romanoff, um, being Yelena's uh, sister, if you will. So, uh, yeah, I totally had a feeling she was going to rock up at the end of this episode, and, like, episode five is going to deal with her, and then episode six is going to deal with um, 
Echo and the rest of the tracksuit mafia and probably Kingpin will show his face then. Um, but that's kind of how I'm feeling. But yeah, I really liked this episode. Uh, again, it was good, but it didn't, there wasn't a lot that happened within it, but it was some of, there was just some small moments in there that I really, really liked. Um, I mean, aside from Yelena showing up at the end, which was just fantastic. And I jumped for joy. Um, the other really big takeaway from this episode for me was, um, and, and I saw an article, I can't remember where I saw it, but the title said what I was thinking and it was Hawkeye, this Hawkeye series is giving Natasha Romanoff the send off she deserved in Avengers Endgame. We are actually focusing on the fallout of her death. Um, through Clint Barton. We're hearing Clint Barton talk about her in ways we never would have gotten if this series didn't exist. Um, we're getting to hear him talk about, you know, the whole... The the inciting incident where she was recruited to S.H.I.E.L.D. when Clint decided to not take the shot. Um, and I loved, I loved how we finally got to hear him talk about it. Like, that was fucking great. That scene where Kate was just prodding him for like, you know, tell me, tell me, tell me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, shut up. He's being emotional. You don't understand. You're just a child. Um, (laughs) I thought he was talking about Thor for a second. Nah. I mean, yeah, fair, fair, because there was a pretty big shot he didn't take, but um, yeah. But there's no no real emotional attachment with Thor. No, not for for Clint, at least. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But no, yeah, so there were some moments in this episode where I was brought to tears, um, and particularly towards the end where we actually got a fucking endgame parallel with um, Kate going over the side of the building um, and Clint having to, you know, reach out and over to try and save her um, and having that moment of just thinking about Natasha. I just, I lost it. I was just like... This is this is fucking great, but at the same time, my heart is breaking. <laughs> and also yeah. letting her go. Yeah, yeah. Like metaphorically and figuratively and physically. With yeah, with um, yeah. I thought that was yeah. quite nice. He's sort of accepted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, and. Yeah, so I just I adored this episode for mostly for that reason, because um, yeah, Natasha didn't really get her due, um, really ever. You know, even with her own movie, she was great, but it's not what she deserved, really. Um, um, yeah, so I'll you know always kind of st- stick to my guns on that. So it was really nice to see her getting some well deserved love and attention, and and Jeremy Renner's performance was just top notch. Um, top notch. One final comment I will say before I pass to Folia is the realization that hit me that the Hawkeye show, or at least the relationship between Clint and Kate Bishop, is basically Batman and Robin from Batman Forever and 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 Batman and Robin because it's like this young wannabe sidekick who's just plucky and just I want to do this I want to be this I want to I'm here with you and it's the older and wiser and done with your shit hero that's like doesn't want to be a hero but is reluctantly telling them to fuck off I don't want anything to do with you because you're only going to get yourself killed 
It's exactly that same fucking relationship. I know it's a trope, obviously, in this genre, but it just literally I put the nail on the head when I was talking to a friend of mine this week about it. And I was like, no, it's fucking Batman and Robin. That's what it is. That's my hot take. Anyway. Um, it's di- I, I, so you're I, saying DC is better than Marvel? I did not say that at all. Well, it reminded you of something that's a bit more superior. <laughs> I did not what? say superior. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say superior. I do adore those movies for what they are, um, even if they are campy, cheesy video game. Sorry, video game. Well, yeah. Merchandise. Ad- Pushing. Ad- advertisements. <laughs> Two hour long ads. Bat nipples. Um, anyway. Yes. Bat nipples. And I'm gonna leave it there. Haven't got. I loved this. Didn't have the, I liked. I liked. Mm. Huh? They didn't have the balls to put bat nipples on Batgirl. <laughs> That's sexist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, it was a great episode. Fulia, um, what did you think? Uh, I think in the last few episodes, this one's probably the better ones. Um, definitely. Um, my favorite of the past episodes. Um, I still stand by the I don't like cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fair. Too confident in herself. Her overconfidence, as uh, as Clint said, as her mother said, is going to get her killed. <laughs> um, but um, it's it's interesting to see that they're getting closer to what's happening with Jack and his story um i'm still curious as to how this is sort of all orchestrated so um i want to see that develop and hopefully we'll get more of that in the next episode uh yeah i i i get where i get where clint's coming from with the how you you put it pretty well kendall in the sense that you know the clint's clint's just like to kate to you know, tell her to to go and live her life and not do the things that he's doing because it's it's not fun. Um, as much as she calls herself a skilled archer, that she is. But come on, <laughs> you're young, you're stupid. <laughs> go home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she is smart. I have to admit, she is she is a she is a clever girl, um, and yeah. she knows how to hack into her mum's security company systems. <laughs> she does. Um, so I'll give her that. Uh, and yeah, Yelena Belova at the end, uh, I was just like, oh my goodness, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. the connection. <laughs> She's here to get Clint. Not happy about what happened to her sister, so now she's out for revenge. <laughs> so yeah, that's gonna be um, it's gonna be interesting on how that ends up uh, turning up. Yeah, yeah, awesome, Mike. What did you think of episode four of Hawkeye? Um, um, I'm actually quite liking this is sort of slowly starting to wrap up because we've only got two episodes left. But with the added bonus of um, someone trying to kill Clint. So it's it's definitely uh, put, put me in the um, mindset of Clint 
maybe going to die at the end of this. I don't know. Oh, I know. I know. I'm 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 worried about it, but yeah. And it'll be and it'll be Kate's fault. Oh God, no! Because she's doing a lot of stupid things, and she's not learning from them. Mm-hmm. No, so she needs no. something to actually make her like snap. To realize, oh shit, my my um, my consequences have actions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other way around. So yes. so it's going to be something with that. It's e- it's either um, either Clint's going going to be gone, but I don't want that to happen. But it might happen. And I'm slowly trying to mentally prepare myself for that because you know I don't like the seeing a father figure die. Um, no. having said that, uh, the, I, I do, I'm sort of subscribing to the idea of her dad not really dying and he's going to come back. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of leaning more to, I, th- I think the mum is probably the actual bad guy. Yeah. I'm thinking that too. And yeah. she, and she wanted to get rid of her dad because, you know, in the first episode, they, they have a, a very strong relationship um, between Kate and her, her dad. So so I'm thinking maybe he comes back, like, years from now, maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm only spitballing here. But he's going to die as well. Like, for real, for realsies this time, by the hands of her mum. And so her actions... And, and and some something to do with that. I don't know. I'm I'm getting I'm getting that those sort of feelings. I don't want them to happen, but storytelling mm. tells me <laughs> the storytelling yeah. is telling me something something shitty is going to go down at the end of this. Mm. Okay. And, and Clint will say, "Ah, oh, damn! Only two days away from retirement." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, only two wet days away from going to see his kids. Yeah. Uh, That's the only reason why I don't want it to be Clint. But I'm thinking something yeah. something Kate does will will make make her, you know. Yeah. She need no, she needs to be taken down a peg. Like She needs a scar and Yeah. And measure a yeah. scar that she'll she'll hang on. She'll need she needs baggage. She needs to be more of a rounded character. Yeah, yeah, and especially because they keep going on and on about the fact that she's a spoilt rich girl who's had everything she wanted and has had, has been able to get away with whatever yeah. her whole life. You know, they can't, they keep going back to that. So, yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, and with the added, added, uh, with the added uh, analogy of uh, a more superior um, comic book um, comic book character, but Batman... Uh, he needs his parents to die, in order. Yeah. In order to start becoming Batman. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Her mum gets killed by by um by by uh by Kingpin, and then well, yeah. Yeah, and, it, <laughs> and it'll be her fault. Or yeah. or her mum's the real Kingpin. Yeah, mum's the real uncle. 
<laughs> or, yeah. or her dad's uh, uh, the real kingpin in hiding, and 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 her dad's the uncle of Echo, and and that's how they're connected. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> <a bit bullying> <laughs> <here>. <laughs> And then Mephisto comes out of nowhere. Mind you, on those cups, there were hexagons on those cups. <laughs> I mean, Hang on, which cups? You know, you know when um, they're having a sit down uh, at the start at the start of the show, and they're having like coffee and all that, and just talking about yeah. the relationship between Kate and Clint. And it's like, oh, we're partners, not really, because <laughs> it's a bit weird. Uh, mm. And and doing that, uh, Jack was drinking out of a uh, out of a cup that had it had little bees on it, but it had little hexagons on it as well. So hexagons. So he's Mephisto because he's got a mustache. Yeah, <laughs> Mephisto confirmed. Mephisto confirmed. You heard it. You heard it here first. Yeah. Well, that's that's what a lot of um, uh, videos we're talking about. <laughs> we're making that assumption because every time they see, every time they see it, Mephisto confirmed. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Mephisto never dies. Yeah, it's great. All right, that'll do it our quickie reviews on Hawkeye episode four uh, partners. Am I right? Um, What's the deal with airplane food? (laughs) All right, Jerry. Um, (laughs) Jerry. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's time for the moment. What? The segment. The segment of what? The section. The sectional what? The part. The partial what? The place. The placional what? <laughs> the spot in the show. The spotational <laughs> of that w- what? <laughs> that we like to call. Mm. Popcorn culture. <laughs> Yeah. Pop. Corn culture. Picking a mic. Um, popcorn culture. It's popcorn culture time. Um, strap on in, ladies and gentlemen, because we are going to be talking about the season finale of Doctor Who Flux. Yes. The Vanquishers. God dang, it's over. It's over. The flux is done. The flux has been defeated. Um, and things are afoot. Um, yes. Or a potato. Yes. Or a potato. <laughs> yeah. Many, many chocolate-loving potatoes in this one. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, just a general thought from me, I suppose, to start the discussion. Um, I, I liked the way it ended. I I thought it was good. Um, not everything made sense, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's just Doctor Who. I'm starting to realise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's that's fine. But um, visually, it was a stunning episode. The visual effects, the CGI was off 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 the hook, off the chain. Uh, particularly towards the end with the epic space scenes featuring the the Lupari shield and the 
the Sontaran ships and the, the Cybermen and the Dalek ships all exploding and all of this. Like, it looked very, very cool. Um, and I, I even made a note about um, the, the there's that lovely shot of when the passenger was reintroduced in the episode and he's just in this, like, plane where, where it's just, I don't know, it just looked really cool. Kind of um, like a desert. I just... Yeah, hmm. it was like a really trippy kind of desert location, and I I, I thought that was that was quite cool. Um, yeah, but no, it was it was a good episode. Um, uh, the only thing, as I'm summarizing, like literally the only thing that's kind of nagging at me is the fact that they didn't explain, and at least I think I don't think they explained this. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, please. But they didn't mention anything about why the TARDIS was playing up this entire season. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, they didn't explain no, it. No, they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I was confused by that. Probably the only assumption that I can think of is because it was having a hissy fit because the flux was about to happen and it was going, yeah, I don't want to be here. Me. don't want to be. And then everything sort of snapped back. So I'm guessing that would have happened. Yeah. No, that that kind of makes sense, you know, for a vehicle that travels through time and for something like the flux which is, you know, consuming time and space, I guess that kind of makes sense. Um yeah, yeah. So yeah, I like I yeah, I don't really know what else to say. Like there were good things in this episode, there were weird things in this episode, but overall I I enjoyed it and it was satisfying in a lot of ways. Uh, more than not, I think. So mm. yeah, I don't. I don't know if it entirely stuck the landing, but um, f- for the most part, I think it did. So, um, Fulia, what are your overall thoughts on the episode? Did it work uh, for you? Wow, hell of a lot of tension in that episode. I was so stressed out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I enjoyed this episode. It um it definitely answered a few questions. Probably gave me more questions to ask. <laughs> after it um, but um, yeah I feel like overall it was a really good episode um, I like the way that they ended it I love the way that it was like I, I was expecting I was expecting the way that it was that it did end to happen um, so for me it wasn't a huge surprise but I was still happy nonetheless yeah <laughs> um, I was also a little bit sad at the end as well. <laughs> mm. um, and just overall peeved at the Sontarans. I just want to, oh, man, hate them. Hate them so <laughs> much. <laughs> Bloody smug creatures. Meh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and even, even, you know, you know, Swarm and and Azor, they were just getting so con- so confident, so cocky with themselves towards the end, thinking they had, you know, they had won the power over the Doctor and all that sort of stuff. And I'm just like, um, excuse me, <laughs> shush, go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, you ain't you ain't as smart as her. So, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and then just the way that it just you know that it kind of came together at the end with time when they faced time. Yeah. 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 I have I have thoughts and questions on that. I don't know if we want to get into that now or if we want to save that mm. for later, but yeah. Yeah. It was uh Yeah. Yeah, I'm co- I'm a confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An embodiment an embodiment of something ethereal. Yeah. It's weird. Very. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. Yes. All right. What are your What are your um, general thoughts on the episode? Because I, I, I was. I know last week you were like really concerned whether or not it was going to finish up well, um, especially considering you know who doesn't really do stories like this no. in like this kind of serialized way. So, how did you feel with the the way it all ended? Um. I suppose I could actually be a bit more scathing than 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 most. Uh, if if you guys actually got a lot of out of it, then I'm I'm, I'm probably thinking, yeah, it's probably done its job. But on a story point point of view, it had a it had a lot uh, a lot of iron in the fire, and a lot of things I was thinking uh, that um, tied up. Uh, a lot of things di- did tie up, and some things uh, sort of got away got away with it. Considering, well, we got like the timeless child sort sort of thing that didn't really have much of a payoff. It's it's all to do with some, uh, a ticking time bomb that's now in the TARDIS uh, of the fog mm. watch in the tar- TARDIS. So they're going to come back to that maybe, so- maybe sooner rather than later. Considering we've only got. Roughly three episodes left, or two episodes. It's up in the air of what what's going on, but um, but there's certain characters that that um like the overarching sort sort of thing is like why uh, I I can appreciate like Bella and Vinda's sort sort of story, but they didn't really do much with it. I mean the the like the whole thing is about the flux, so. So therefore, are certain characters need to be there? I mean, the Grand Serpent sort of didn't need to be there. And, no. And I don't know. I, I, I'm th- I'm thinking that had uh, Chipnall had a lot of stuff that he wanted to do, uh, and considering like this is going to be the, his last hurrah, and he thought, oh, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. They are good ideas. Uh, I grant you that there are good ideas, but nothing breathed. No, nothing had a breath. I mean, having having the same episode where where Cutavistas basically uh, faced a genocide of his people, as well as the professor um, self sacrificing himself in the same episode, you can't really do that, please. It like. Yeah, that was that was one of my nitpicks, like the fact that, you know, there was this Lupari genocide that took place, and I'm like, I was like, when did that happen? I'm, I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, sure, character I, growth, I'm guessing, but yeah, it was it was weird. Yeah, it it was just too much, and yeah, it sort of 
it stuck the landing, but it, the plane is full, and it was it was <laughs> sort of on one wheel when it was landing, and then it sort of, sort of stopped. Yeah, um, I'm not going to score it. <laughs> no, we're not scoring. No. We're not scoring. But not scoring. but for a, a solo episode, um, it's one of those uh, kitchen sink episodes. <laughs> I, yeah. I like to say. But uh, but for a finishing up, it did its. I would say it did it. Jo- it, it 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 did its job mm. of finishing up, and yeah, it really could have been better. But if people liked it, that's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. Um, yeah. So which storyline um, I mean, should we talk about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like there's a lot of storylines converging in this episode. Obviously, because there's been a lot of different stories, a lot of characters introduced and set up throughout this six episode run that you have to somehow now bring them all together and have the payoff make sense and have them connect. So, I mean, that was one of the cool things about the episode was actually seeing these characters reunite for the first time in a while. I mean, I particularly, you know, I'm sure you guys felt the same, but I particularly liked the reunion between um, uh, Dan and Di and and Belle and Vinda, like on the TARDIS, like seeing them back together was, was just, was very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But, but a little bittersweet um, in the case of Dan and Di uh, and their story. Please, <laughs> no payoff, none. There, there was a setup at the front, at the start. She disappeared throughout the entire season, and then at the end, dumped him because he was late. What? Yeah, I, I look. I don't think it was. I don't think she's really saying it's his tardiness that she's not impressed by. Even though he's like, I wasn't late, like. There was a legitimate reason. I think it was probably mostly just due to the fact that she was abducted. Yeah, it was by an ordeal. Swarm in Azure. It was a huge ordeal. And, you know, even if Dan was going to continue or not continue with the doctor, um, clearly Di was affected quite a bit. But I feel like where what I you can, I think you can buy the fact that she dumps him to a certain point, but I don't think they spent enough time with her to really I don't know make us kind of see where she was coming yeah, from yeah if they sort of that's the thing it I'm uh, two ways it's uh, I would either complain it's like why are we going back to die she's not really doing anything she's stuck in the passenger and we don't find out what what the passenger is until like mid mid season so we we can't have that but she I, yeah. Didn't she but, say something along the lines of she, she knew things that no one else knew? Or is that because of the time she spent in the passenger? Probably spending time in the passenger. Like we don't know how how long time is in, in a passenger, mm. and that's another thing. And she was the only one there. Yeah, which is weird. Mm. Like, where are the people? It's supposed to be a, a passenger is supposed to be holding like pretty much an entire 
entire plethora of of people, and she was the only one there. Did she, and and yeah, I jokingly said last week, did she kill everyone? <laughs> did she eat them? I don't know. There's there's, I would see that story. Cannibalism in 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 um Doctor Who that hasn't been, well, it has actually. There's a Dalek story where where um, ah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, they did a Soylent Green episode. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. In 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 uh, in uh, yeah. Anyway, so anyway, die a character that was written up for just to do nothing. <laughs> well, she was. I think she was just there to service the plot. Like she was there as a means to. Um, you know, end and stop the flux because mm. that's how the flux is 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 finished is because of the passenger and because of the way Di understands the way they work. Yeah, there's a lot of Chekhov's um, gun in, in this episode. It was very yeah, a lot of you're right, a lot of Chekhov's gun, and I feel like it was. I don't know if it, I mean it worked well enough for me, but it was borderline convenient. Yeah, there, Her, yeah, there is a lot of yeah. convenience in this, and I mean. Yeah, I, I, I hate shitting on things that I like, <laughs> but if I don't, if I don't reference it, then I could be like very coy. It's like, well, yeah, that's it sort of did happen. <laughs> we can we can ignore it, and it's going to be one of them episodes. It's like, yeah, we can just ignore it in later terms. It's like, yeah, it was a thing. And yeah, there's a lot of setup with with the passenger actually absorbing the flux, or what's left of the flux, after eating an entire <laughs> eating an entire armada of Cybermen, Daleks, and Sontarans. And yeah, that's another thing. That he was... introduced Daleks and Sontarans to be wiped out. Okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, that was another thing. Like, I remember watching the, like, you know, the preview for for the finale with episode five. And, you know, you see those shots from inside the, the Cybermen and the Dalek ships. And I remember going, oh, this is going to be sick. There's going to be a space battle. It's going to be super cool. And whilst I stand by my previous statement that it did look cool in the episode... It just maybe fell short of the expectation because you're right. They were literally just put there to be absorbed by the flux and that's all we got. I was actually hoping a grand battle for Earth. Like yeah. everyone Why against didn't they everyone. Do that? Yeah. I suppose it was too big and they had to finish it finish it up. And there was too many. Come on, for the Sontarans, it was the ultimate betrayal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mind you, yeah, it, it hasn't been done before. But why would? But why would the? I well, I suppose if if um, the distress call is, we have the only remaining planet in the entire universe, and and yeah, you you need to vacate to wherever you can to survive. I get that. I, yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason why people came. But surely there's, there's more than Daleks and Sultan, Daleks and 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 Cybermen. It could could have got everyone. It could have been that um the the ending for 
one of the seasons for Matt Smith where, like, everyone was there, like, quote-unquote everyone, or all the costumes that they had. Uh, everyone was there uh, to to lock up the, the Doctor in a, in a giant box because, essentially, he is the... Uh, the 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 greatest villain of them all because because you know it's a, sort of explained in this episode where the the doctor is here uh it's it's like the batman thing are the vi- are the villains there for for the villain's sake or are they there because there is a batman uh, and it's the same thing as the doctor are the villains there because of the doctor or are they the, or is the doctor there for the villains and they so, sort of um talk about that with the timeless child and how how the doctor is in this universe so they need to destroy this universe to actually get rid of the doctor mm. so yeah what we were talking about yes we were talking about cybermen and daleks and the mm. reason why they were there Chekhov's gun yeah and yeah the passenger and die and all of that stuff. Um, yes. Well, um, speaking of like, you know, reasons for things being there, I mean, we touched on the Grand Serpent uh, briefly earlier um, and how that, yeah, he is kind of inconsequential to the overall story, mm. I think. Um, Loose ties with Vendor. I mean, yeah, well, that that annoyed me because... We have we get we finally get the scene where Vinda comes face to face with the Grand Serpent since the you know since the events in which you know he was exiled out to the you know the the Rose Outpost yeah. station where he was um uh, uh what's the word um whistleblower to what the Grand yeah. Serpent was doing and it's like oh get rid of you thank you I'm doing what I want yep yeah see you bye. Um, so, yeah, so we finally get to see them face to face and the Grand Serpent doesn't remember Vinda. And on first viewing, I kind of took it as, uh, I, I, I didn't like that because it, it came across as he literally just didn't remember. And I, uh, and I was thinking because obviously the Grand Serpent has been on earth for a while mm. In different points in time, I was like, is this a Grand Serpent that hasn't yet encountered Vinda yet? That's literally where my brain went. But then, in hindsight, I think it's more of insignificant, a... Oh, insignificant. In yeah, Vi- yeah, Vinda was that much of a small, tiny deal in his world that he just didn't remember who he was. And I just... I didn't get that initially, and, and that annoyed me. And then just the fact that there was no kind of payoff to this, you know... Um, story that Vinda's not that they needed to be, but I don't know. I don't know. How did you feel about that, Fulia? Did you, did you like? I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on the Grand Serpent? Do you agree with what we're saying? Or, or yeah, disagree? look, I do agree. Um, I, I the Grand Serpent didn't really have any kind of like ending. I suppose that was that made sense. Um, I just I feel like it was just a plot filler. Maybe. Um. Well, another another thing I was going to say, just quickly, um, is that if if he's how we get Kate Stewart involved in this, then 
I think maybe that's a win because she seems mm. pretty awesome. Mm. So maybe that's the only reason he was maybe. there <laughs> <laughs> to bring to bring Yuna into it. Um, sorry for yeah. you. Go on. Um, I I I agree with you both that it just didn't seem like it had any kind of like loose end tied, essentially. Um, it, it was just like, oh yeah, now we come face to face. All right, now Vinda's going to put you into exile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Like I was a little disappointed on that front because I was just like, oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah what this what this um series actually does dictate that there's a lot of great ideas for single episodes like mm. the grand serpent awesome to be a single episode like this like um meddling with like the start of unit to for his end goals and of course his end goal was to make make sure um earth is not um uh what's the word is is uh vulnerable to to be invaded by whoever and whoever that is uh but the vinda character is actually would be a great like single episode considering one of the best um one of my favorite scenes in in this particular episode is where the grand serpent is interrogating the doctor and ha- and how she's actually use she's mm. actually using her words her wits to actually get inside his head. Yeah, which I think is absolutely great. great, and that and that's probably the be- best um, what Jodie Whittaker can do as the Doctor. Like, like yeah, I do appreciate her with um, with her sort of takes and all that, like her sort of witty quips. I like I, I like that sort of thing, but. That sort of clinged it for me of her being the Doctor. This is what the Doctor actually does, uh, especially with uh, the seventh seventh Doctor. Uh, I actually quite like is actually a very manipulative sort sort of character, and you can and you can sort of see this is a borderline character that could be either either good or bad, and and obviously the Doctor does it for good because because it's a Doctor, because Doctors always help people, and and yeah, and having. Uh, and basically the grand serpent didn't really have much to do after the fact that um after that so where is he where mm. is he he's on a rock sweet that's that's all tied up good <laughs> next yeah next thing is high up <laughs> next next yeah um i will i will say because you just mentioned that scene and i really like that scene too um when I, this Line that just it's a silly little one line of the doctor said that just made me laugh my ass off, and she said, um, "You know what this ship really needs lanyards." <laughs> <laughs> I just I liked I love the way she delivered that line, Jodie Whittaker. I just the way she says lanyard to me was like, I love your accent <laughs> so much. Um, that was that was hilarious. Um, Okay, well, I don't know. I don't know where where we where we go next because this episode was probably the floor of this episode was the fact that it, it went everywhere. It jumped. It jumped yeah, around it again. Just had, a lot. It had the doctor split it split into like three different times, yeah. which was cool. Yeah, which was cool but confusing, yeah. but cool. <laughs> yeah, great um, for a single episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm ha- again, I'm having yeah. the doctor meet meet herself. 
like three times. I think I think uh, we've seen we've sort of seen that with the Doctor meet, meeting himself or herself. Not yet herself. She she hasn't done a, a double Doctor episode, but 60th anniversary is coming up. Um, where he he meets his re, his other reincarnations, but we've never seen the Doctor. We, we've sort of never seen the Doctor actually talking to herself because uh, she's been split into into three into three times and three places. Well, mo- mostly three places, not really three times, because we we get the meet time at the end. But i I do like I do like the sort of um, going back and forth uh, onto yourself and actually uh, realizing what the plan is because it it, it all fall, falls into into place, and I actually quite like that. Yeah, like I thought it was a really cool way to, um, you know, uh, I don't know, like connect everything that was going on um, and, you know, to kind of just, for something to go awry with like the Ood trying to get her out of um, Division HQ, you know, which is outside of the universe, Mm. you know, and for that that to malfunction... um, you know, and it just upped the stakes in terms of, you know, what Swarm and Azura were doing to her. Um, and then her ability to try and help Yaz and Dan and, and Jericho and and Claire with what they were dealing with. And, and then Belle and Carvanista on the Lupari ship. So there's just, yeah, I kind of like how the Doctor was sort of this connective tissue uh, between the main kind of players in the story. And again, some more funny dialogue. <laughs> That I re- I just really liked um, the whole how the whole how she was like flirting with herself. <laughs> I just I really I really adored that. <laughs> She's like, "You're cute, so are you." Uh, and then at one point she says, "I've got such a crush on you." <laughs> <sighs> I would too. I just thought that was I thought it was very funny. Um, yeah, yeah. I really really loved the way they executed those scenes where Jodie Whittaker's bouncing off herself. Like she did a very good job of carrying that performance, and the visual effects on it were seamless to me. Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. I really, really liked it. Fulia, what did you think of the the three doctors going through this episode? Uh, well, it was actually really confusing to begin with, and then I sort of understood that for some reason she got split into these three places. I have a feeling it had something to do with. Um, what Swarm was doing to her um, and then just the effects of, I I think, maybe the flux, potentially, um, just sort of playing with her mind. Um, And it was just, yeah, it was just really interesting to see that she was able to communicate with herself over those those three places. And I yeah. was just like, oh, okay, this is trippy, but okay. <laughs> We're seeing three of them. Why are there three of them? Why have they been split into three? Okay. <laughs> um, hmm. But it was also nice to see that she she managed to find, um, she managed to find, um, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting. Um, yes, yes and Dan. Yes and Dan. <laughs> Yes. Finally managed to find them and reunite with them. Even if it is... I don't know, like... She wasn't really physically there, was she? Kind of? 
sort of a, a ghost of herself. Yeah. Yeah. Because the way I see it is she teleported outside of the universe. So technically she's nowhere. Yeah. So And that's why she had the the brooch to actually sort of anchor her uh, to to a plane of non-existence. And it also is dealing with matter and antimatter. And yeah. that's how they sort of got rid of the flux as well. And and how she took that off and now and now she needs to go she needs to go somewhere in this in this uh point uh point of space mm. so she needs to go back to where she was yeah but she also went back to some, <laughs> somewhere else where she's meant to be and so so she has to meet up and and uh, and contact mm. and, yeah and meeting Kate Stewart for the first time which is awesome. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? And I do like that scene. But. <laughs> after the last episode where um, uh, Unit is disbanded and, Kate's bo- and Kate has to be on the run, she didn't have to do anything else. So she was just there. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. But. Unfortunately. If you got a um occurring character, I think awesome, cool, but she didn't really have she she didn't have to do much. And that's my only gripe. But bring back yeah. more Kate. Yeah. Yeah. I did like it when she said you're my favorite regeneration <laughs> at the end. Like that was cool. That was cool. Yeah, no, she wasn't really used to I don't know, the effect she could have been used, I suppose. Um, just again, like a lot of stuff in this yeah. episode, because there's just so much going on. Like they can't evenly distribute the time that each character or storyline yeah. deserves. I mean, I, think. I mean, mind you, she is there to trail the the Grand Serpent and what he was doing, because she could smell him smell him a mile off of what's what's been going on. Cool, uh, but yeah, didn't really have to do much. Mm. Oh well. Um, yeah, that's no, okay. It's all right. Um, I liked uh, again, Folia, to just what you were saying about how it was really good to see the Doctor reunite with Yaz and Dan. Um, like I liked, I really liked that scene. Um, you know, and uh, you know, she's talking to Yaz, and you know, Yaz is telling her that it's been a few years since they've seen her, and all of this. And then I liked how she was like, "Thanks for the the hologram," and. All of that, like that was that was nice, uh, and then I I I think out of the maybe out of the three split doctors, like the scenes where she was with the companions, I think worked the best for me or were the most enjoyable because you know you've got Yaz, you've got Dan, you've got Claire. They got they went to get Claire, um, which was great. Um, she's still obviously in 1967, but she didn't have an angel inside her anymore. I don't think. No, because um, the angels left. The angels fucked mm. off. Yeah, convenient. Um, convenient. <laughs> convenient. That's okay. But yeah, um, yeah. Claire's brought into the the modern day, um, and and uh, along with Jericho, and then they hatch this plan about how they're going to, you know, uh, infiltrate the Sontaran fleet in order to, you know, take them down. Essentially, even though. Yeah, it's going to be complicated and stuff. But I just, I don't know. I like the way they all bounced off each other. It was quite cool. Um, Before we keep going, they do, speaking Mm. of companions, we also get a little insight into what happened between 
the Carbonista and the Doctor. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Wasn't that yeah, a scene? It was, it was, it was, it was so heartbreaking. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just to hear... Like, the actor that's playing Carvanista, he's fantastic because the way he's able to emote Craig so beautifully. Else. Yes. Hats off to you, Craig. The way he can just, you know, through the special effects he's wearing, the way he's able to just really, through his voice alone, kind of communicate the the hardship that he's been through and the sorrow and the frustration and all of this, all of these emotions and the fact that like, if he literally talks about the, what he knows about the fugitive doctor and division, he will die. Like that was, I was not expect, I was not expecting that. And that scene was, yeah, it was a little heartbreaking. Yeah. It's a good um, writing ploy to not, divulge anything and just kick the can down the road but yeah it was a good heart it was a heart heartbreaking scene and yeah i want to know more yeah yeah and that's that's and <laughs> that's the point <laughs> <laughs> yeah so hopefully hopefully in the coming episodes we'll learn a bit more what's going on yeah hopefully Hopefully. I mean, it was good to see Carvanista back uh, again um, more in this episode, too. Um, and, you know, some more interaction with him and Dan. So I'm always here for it. <laughs> um, which was which was great. Um, I wish, I'm pretty sure he said... I feel like he said, I wish I never saved your life at some point. Something like that. I think, I think, that, I think that was a line. Something like that, yeah. Um, that was said, and I, I liked the callback to fetch your dog. Kind of thing. Fetch you know, your dog. Like I fetched my dog. They say <laughs> I fetched my dog, and now I wish I had it. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was that was great. I'm yeah. And then the fact that I, you know, Carvanistas now seems to be partnered up with mm. Bell and Vinda, um, which is interesting. But um, spin-off series. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> spin yes, spin-off series could be cool. I don't know if it'll happen, but um, the the yeah. dog found a family. <laughs> he found a family. <laughs> With a newborn yeah. on the yeah, way. A fur baby um, and a real baby. Yeah. <laughs> a fur baby and a real baby. Because he acts like yeah, a baby. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there'll be an opportunity for them if they don't get it like if they don't get like a spin off thing for, for Doctor Who to return to to them and what they're doing, but I would love to see more if, if we get the chance. Mm, possibly. For a last goodbye, possibly. maybe. Um Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be a big finish thing. They they always do. Like very obscure like stuff from Doctor Who. I mean, they they still do they, they do episodes with uh, Jenny, which is the Doctor's daughter, and we haven't really seen her since her first episode. So they they always do like the sort of yeah they do the obscure episodes. Is that the audio? Yeah, the audio ones. Serials, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, nice. And they do unit as well. So Kate Stewart is in that as well. So she's sort of crossing the pond, as it were. Mm. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. Um, where else can we go before we get to the, the nitty-gritty? The meat. The meat. Or should we just get to the meat? I don't yeah. know. What do you think? Yeah. Jericho dies, get but we, we can go to... Uh, yeah. Well, 
We can, yeah, well, we can start with that, I guess. Um, you've mentioned it. Um, yeah, I was not no. okay with that. I was not okay with that. I mean, went yeah. out. I mean, it was great. Went out like a boss, though. Mm. I mean, it was great for storytelling. Um, and Kevin McNally was just killing it. Like, he's killed it this entire time, obviously. But, like, yeah. I just, I loved, I just, I don't know. I loved, I loved Jericho, and it was just such a shame that he, uh, he couldn't make it out in time. Um, I had a feeling something was going to happen the moment his little ring gadget broke. Oh yeah, when the yeah, when I was just like, I don't think he's getting out of this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was mm. sad. That was sad, but yeah, I don't know. You guys have any thoughts on on Eustatius Jericho? Um, kind of sad. I uh, I would like to actually have a companion a bit like that, not a human from our time, but from a different time. So it it will be a more interesting, uh, more interesting writing way of them learning about new technology and people uh, quoting stuff and not getting it. <laughs> and yeah, and it is sad that he he's no longer he's no longer with us. So, hmm, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, Pulia, okay. you may. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Do you have anything? Any? any yep. 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 Correct. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, computer. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I'm just going to start with uh, Swarm and Azure and wrapping that whole thing up. Um, because obviously this is where we're dealing with the larger picture, the whole timeless child stuff is kind of connected to them. Um, because, you know, they have the watch... Um, they have that leverage over the doctor. Um, I really liked the conversation that took place between Azure and the doctor. Mm. If you know which one I'm talking about, they have they have this really fascinating conversation, which mostly just Azure talking, but you know she's talking about how you know what she sees inside of the doctor and you know what her true desires are and all this stuff. And I just kind of liked how she, you know brought the doctor down to what 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 she kind of is which is just you know someone who doesn't want to see anything bad happen to anyone and will will do whatever it takes to prevent destruction and and and, and badness um and i liked how i don't know just azura seemed to be so fascinated by that and just the way the two of them discussed it um yeah i thought that was a really cool scene um really interesting scene um yeah but then you know things just got weird at the end because when they went to atropos i was just and then time appeared and then for some reason time took the form of swarm um for some reason um and and then time killed them because because um, there was no flux. Because yeah, the flux was defeated, and you know they. So technically, you know. they failed. 
Yeah, they failed in their mission, um, which I didn't. Do we even know that they were working in the service of time itself? Did we know that? I think we did because they. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a weird, weird thing. They gave off they're... the the fact that there was a a more greater being, I suppose. That's yeah. that's what I got from it. Because because uh, Atropor with the Temple of Time, yeah, I'm taking it from Zelda. Um, with uh, they wanted to uh, take over time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It is. It is weird. But then they, yeah. But then they were, you know, supposed to be. I'm guess. Even though the, even though the flux was like something that Division created, and Swarm and Azure were enemies of Division, as well. I don't know. It was all. This is where the episode kind of lost me a yeah. little. I think. Like the Division is trying to. Um, take down the universe and recreate a new universe without the Doctor. And so, and the and Swarm and and Azure were enemies of of the division. So they decided that because the Doctor was part of division then there's still a relationship there that we haven't worked out yet. So they wanted to take down Division and they didn't really care that the that the flux was going and the and the time and time I'm I'm thinking maybe time is actually like god basically or one yeah. of the gods. And what and it doesn't really, yeah, weird. And got, uh, and they wanted to use time to be gods themselves. I'm, I'm assuming. So, hmm. so essentially, they wanted to be gods. They, they, they said to time, "Look what we did," and time did, and said, "You didn't do anything." Uh, and you basically stopped something that I sort of wanted because I can still live, uh, time can still live without the universe because it's still an ongoing force. Yeah. So I'm thinking physics and shit. Um, but time being an embodiment, uh, you, using <laughs> using contact rules that... That yeah. takes the form of uh, yourself because I'm um, thinking here because you can only because you yourself can only witness time because you you are an embodiment of someone who actually follows time so much time all the time <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, time went no I don't I don't want this. Uh, you don't. You do not please me. Go, sa- go sacrifice your goat somewhere else. Because they, because they took the doctor to to um, 
sacrifice for the appeasement of time. But but time says, no, this is the Doctor. And your story hasn't been finished yet, or hasn't finished being written yet by the writer Chris Chipnell. So he he didn't know <laughs> where this was going, so he wrote it into a dead end. Uh, maybe maybe because the Doctor is a child of time. So yeah. there's going to be something later. Yes, I think I think this is definitely setting up. Like I think the one cool thing I took away from this scene was, you know, uh time, you know, after it kills Swarm and Azure, and I I'm pretty sure Azure said something along the lines of ascension as she was being obliterated. Um cuz she's one crazy bitch. <laughs> um the there Only was death there was is but an adventure. Yeah. The next great adventure. Um I I you know, they really just seem to be going for set up for for more payoff down the track and for more big stuff because I really liked and Mike I'm sure you you noticed and liked this line as well. Um well, two lines. It was like your time is heading to its end. And then of course, uh beware the forces that mess against you and their master. Um, so, yeah, I like that dialogue. That was quite mm. good. But it it kind of seemed like time was warning the Doctor of things to come, but then time was also threatening the Doctor that, like, it's going to come for her at some point. Yeah. Um, but apparently not now. Yeah. At another so time. So that's interesting. <laughs> At another time, yeah. Because the Doctor uh, travels through time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so therefore, uh, the Doctor thinks time is some sort of plaything that that you can go in and out of. But time saying, "Well, you're running out of time because you are the timeless child." Mm. So. There's a lot of big thinky, thinky things. And what a big thinky. We have a big puzzle, but none of it's coming together yet. No, none of it's coming together yet. Fulia, did any of this stuff at the make end sense. <laughs> make sense or or just like resonate with you? Like, did you, did, or could you at least appreciate what they were trying to do? Um, I had no idea what was going on. By the end of it, after the Ravagers were, you know, killed off. Um, and then, you know, the and then time taking the form of the Doctor herself uh, just confused me. So I'm just like, okay. And then the whole point of, you know, the Doctor say not the Doctor, that, that time was saying that, you know, her her time still hasn't come to an end. Uh, I was just like, okay. So, time knows when the end is, but it's not this particular moment. And um, I, I don't know what to think. So, I'm hoping this more. <laughs> <laughs> more, more, much more. So, not, not just one more, but more. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like for me, this is, I don't think this is going to be paid off in the New Year's special. I'm not, I'm not predicting that. I would say it's going to pay off towards the end. Like maybe not, maybe not the 60th anniversary, but, but towards it, the end of Jodie's run. I would say. I think so too. Which will probably be the end of next year. Mm. Roughly the same time. Roughly the same time. Mike, did time did you did you enjoy enjoy this kind of foreboding message delivered by time itself at the end here i will when it's more explained um otherwise at the moment it's yeah yeah it's being too cryptic for my my liking i mean okay. cool um, the Doctor's running out of time because we know Jodie's going to be finishing up next year and who knows what's going to happen because new showrunner as well. So uh, I was really hoping for, for a bit of a reboot. Who knows? Um, it'll, yeah, it'll probably explain more about the um, Timeless Child. At least this season... Uh, finished up what the division is. Yeah. Yeah. And what the fugitive doctor were, was a part of and doing. So, at least we've got some clarification on that. So, in the next couple of episodes that are coming out this next year, sorry, uh, will hopefully be the timeless, timeless, the timeless season of specials. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Um do you think do you think the master is returning just based on the dialogue here? Mm, I'm thinking or is that I'm no. thinking so, but possibly as a red herring. Okay. Because because we all jumped to the to the um idea of ooh, and their master. It's like, ooh, we only yeah. know one master. And that's the master. And essentially the master is the one that sort of kicked off the Timeless Child mythos. So it could could go down the road of the master was either manipulating the uh, Matrix, which all intents and purposes after this season, no, I think... The Doctor is something that we still do not know and hopefully no explanation is needed because that's the whole beauty of Doctor Who because we don't know who she is or what what she is and hopefully it's just a being that fell out of time and a different dimension. Who, who knows? The dimension of the yeah. fourth. <laughs> the fourth dimension, which is time. Yes. So. Yes. What was your question? Yeah. <laughs> that was basically you basically answered nice. my question. So that's that's, that's in a fine. roundabout way. Um, I took a lot. I in took a roundabout a lot, way, I, I took a lot of time. You took the scenic route. A lot of time. Too much time. A lot Stop of wasting time. time. Let's go. Time. <laughs> time. Time. Okay. Um, a couple of things I just wanted to mention before we wrap up. Um. Uh, and I've immediately forgotten one of them, of course. 
because I'm tired. Um, I liked, okay, I liked right at the end that doc, the Doctor and Yaz had a moment of reconciliation, sort of. Yeah. Because, you know, we've seen throughout the course of the episodes that they've been a bit on tenderhooks with each other, a bit like, you know, the Doctor has just not had the patience for Yaz's questioning because she's still trying to figure out what the hell's going on at the same time and she can't obviously deal with it uh, on top of it and because of what Yaz means to her as a friend she doesn't want to you know um you know say the wrong thing and all that stuff but you know she kind of offended her I think a little bit but I really like that moment at the end where they kind of came together and she was like I want to tell you everything about me I want you to know all of all of it you know um I just thought that was really really nice um a nice way to kind of finish it up um and I'm very glad that Dan's back on the TARDIS even though you know I hate the fact that Di dumped yeah. him but um I'm, I'm glad that we'll get more Dan mm. coming up yeah yeah out of all the um, um sort of mm. new companions I actually quite like Dan there's no there wasn't really much of a introduction to oh this is this is the Doctor this is the TARDIS uh and we didn't have a, a companion going. Oh, what's this? Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't understand. He, um, this companion just ran right into it because of his situation. I actually quite like uh, Dan in that in that aspect. Yeah. yeah. No time for questions. Mm, Let's good. go. <laughs> and he spent three years out, <laughs> out of his own timeline. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Folia, did you have any thoughts on the way things ended with, with the Doctor and Yaz or with Dan? Um, I was very sad for Dan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, um, they've just come back in the same situation, same time, and this time, this particular moment around, they've decided, Di- um, Diane's just like, nah, it's not the right time to date. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> Surely, with the amount of stuff you both went through together, you have some understanding that you can actually, you know, you've got you've got a common ground in this instance. Why wouldn't you date each other? <laughs> yeah, but meh. That's Maybe fair. the passengers were boring. <laughs> Didn't have Scrabble. They didn't have nothing. <laughs> Just kicking around in dirt. Mm. And um, hmm. yeah, it was it was a really touching moment with um, with Yaz and the Doctor at the end as well. About you know the Doctor's just like I want you to know everything. I just I I will in in time. I will tell you. Just not right now. Type of thing. Yeah. 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 And um and I'm glad that Yaz sort of respects that. Hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I understand that, yeah. Mm. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? The relationship between Doctor and Yaz. Yeah, it was... It was interesting. Because... There's something about this relationship that we haven't really seen before in Doctor Who. Where... where um, Yeah, we see, see the Doctor have a relationship... That could be borderline, like, 
more romantic than than not and i'm not saying they're more romantic it's just it's something more than just companionship it's and a little bit more than friendship it's some it's yaz and the doctor have more of a special relationship than than um than most companions and and you can sort of see that with her um with yaz's um uh, overarching story in this se- season of having having the um what would the doctor do on her hand and and um like channeling the doctor of what what she would do and yeah it there there's still more to it there's still more to to this um um relationship than than we've seen yeah i mean we have seen seen this in now three seasons and I think there's going to be something something a bit more special in in the specials, pun intended. And and uh, hopefully they don't kill off Zaz. Yes. I was going to say, is Yaz the longest running companion so far in this particular, like in the New Who? Ooh. Um, or has it been her, between her and oh, who? What's her name? Amy. Yeah, Amy Corey. Or Claire? Claire? No. Nah, Claire, Clara. I think was only like a two. Clara. Clara, sorry, sorry Clara. Not Claire. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking Breakfast Club. Well, what about what didn't Rose have a few seasons? No, she had two. Yeah. And she came She only had yeah, two. Yeah, she only came back uh, occasionally. So, okay. yeah. Maybe Yaz is the longest running. Yeah, I think Yaz is the longest. If we're conti- if uh, the the new specials is sort of like a, uh, well, it, it's up in the air if uh, the specials are actually going to be part of the third seat, the third, uh, the third season or not, or the thirteenth season. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm 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 thinking I'm thinking probably the longest. Mm. She's en- <laughs> she's enjoy yeah, she she's uh, really enjoying this. So cool. Yeah. It's great. Um one more quick thing for me and then I'm I've pretty much said all I want to say. Um I also just wanted to shout out that I enjoyed the um moment where the doctor fangirled over Joseph Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> I really I really really liked that. Um yeah. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And then just the way that they kind of tied him into the main story because we were all wondering what the hell kind of role he was playing. And then the fact that he actually... They explained how he was able to get around through different points in time um, using these doors and, and, and all this stuff. So um, I, I, I liked it. I thought it, I thought it came, came good in the end. Yeah, that was that's another storyline that sort of was there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, throughout um, Jodie Whittaker's sort of tenure with Doc, uh, uh, as the Doctor, she sort sort of she has a sort of name drop, <laughs> like everything, including um, historical figures. So it's kind of cool that um, she knows of him and sort of what. Yeah, she was fangirling. Is like well, she really loves that for for Alien from outer space from different different planet 
she definitely loves our history mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. And she definitely has a, a, an affiliation with our with our history, which is kind of interesting, strange, and weird. But this is Doctor Who, of course. Mm-hmm. This be true. This be true. Fulia, any any thoughts on that? The Mad Mole. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I mean, it was really nice to see. Um. To see him, and finally realize why we kept seeing him throughout the episodes. Um. And then to ha- and then in the la- and then not in this episode, but from last week's episode, have him. You know, be all thankful that they understood why and how this was all happening. So, you know, he didn't look like he was insane. (laughs) Because a lot of people from his time were like, well, you're crazy. And he was just glad to have people who understood what he was going through. Um, So, yeah, he he was really cool. And the way that they tied him off and the doctor was like, your job is done, mate. Thank you so much. You can go through that door. Off you go. And it was, yeah. yeah. Go into that winter's night. <laughs> it was really, really, really sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's okay, it was Tony. You can relax now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on? Or are we all done and dusted? I still like Doctor Who. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. And I and I am a fan now of Doctor Who. Woo! So we converted her. Yes. My work we here converted is me. finished. <laughs> yeah. Go back and watch them all from the beginning. <laughs> now I will. Yeah. I will. Is that a I'm challenge? I'm definitely going to go back through. It'll happen once I finish the X-Files. And I will go back and I will, I will do Doctor Who properly. Well, first you have to get Brickbox. And then you can watch all of Classic Who and New Who in order... <laughs> I still haven't watched <laughs> Classic Who, so... How dare you? And you call yourself a fan? I'm a fan of the new How... <laughs> Ah, then you're not a fan at all! <laughs> uh, nah, bit of fun. Bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. All right. That's it, then, I suppose. That'll do it um, for our epic discussion mm-hmm. in our epic podcast. Um Doctor Who, Flux, The Vanquishers. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. Enjoy our um, reflux. Enjoy it, yeah, the end of... I forget every week to call it that. And then Mike drops it and I'm like, God damn it, I missed it again. The review yes, of our, Flux. Or we shorten it to reflux. <laughs> Doctor Who, Doctor Who reflux. Yeah. It's it's all done now. The reflux is gone. Um, <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> Get you some need... Gaviscon. <laughs> yeah, I need milk. <laughs> yep. Need some milk. Milk. <laughs> Mother's milk. <laughs> ah, delusional. Yep. All right, that's it. That's done. Yeah. I think we're going to end the episode right there. What a time to end it. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. And, and that, that was a podcast, podcast called Fred. Sync that. Sync it.
remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you like to listen to Fred the Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. If you like to watch Fred the Alien, you can head over to youtube.com forward slash Fred the Alien Productions. Nice. Nice. I've been a Kendall Richardson. I've been a Fulia Kantarmajer. And I watched the uh, Actors Awards during the week, and Vince uh, D'Onofrio was actually there presenting a, a reward. What? So, yeah, weird. That's so Weird. random. Yeah, not as random as uh, I'm a Michael Lister. <laughs> <laughs> and you just experienced a podcast called Fred. Nice. Remember nice. to eat beef. Remember, remember, it is still December. Yes. Yes, thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank Thank you, you. thank you. And Freddy lives, Loki dies, the doctor is in, and next time, flip, flip. (laughs) Flip. Triple flip. Triple flip. God damn, Studio 10. (laughs) (laughs) And yet somehow it hasn't broken the internet. I don't. It's fucking Australia. No one fucking listens to us. <laughs> well, considering the majority of our listeners are in the United States, I find that hard. Yeah, so <laughs> if you go to the um, uh, web, uh, the uh, YouTube channel of Channel 10 and the segment on uh, Spider-Man No Way From Home, they use clips that they weren't supposed to use in their coverage of the up and coming movie yep and, and I'll leave it at that leave it at that that's all we're gonna say and